0: And welcome aboard the battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening, David. Yeah, how you doing? I feel like my mic stand has fallen. I, oh, okay. I feel like I have to lean
1: way in. Okay, to talk today. Um, so, I guess uh, technically that's that's an emotion. So uh, if you, if you all just heard a noise, it was me adjusting my mic. A low stand. rumble. So, yeah, I'm sorry. That won't shouldn't happen again. Uh, but okay, now everything's great. I'm great. Okay. Um, that's how that's how I am. That was the I'm last. That was the last thing. Everything else was fine. Okay, in my life except for that mic. How are you? I'm doing all
0: right. That's what I want to know. I wanted to first off uh, apologize that we did not have an episode last week. But if you were uh, staying
1: tuned to the feed, there were updates from Comic Con, which we'll get to in a bit. I know those updates compared to last year's were a little thinner, a little shorter. Yeah. Um, that is definitely because of my comic-con experience not being as rich this year as last year and that's no fault of the convention i guess it was just uh i i anyway we're, this is our comic-con wrap episode yeah, yeah. so i'll get to that in a bit yeah. but there was content in the feed
0: yeah and if you were to add it all up it would equal about an hour no no okay it's maybe a little over half an hour okay well that's all right you know hey you know what here's the thing nobody is complaining about this by the way so i, I don't mean to get defensive okay but like We've been doing an episode a, a week. We, uh, occasionally, we'll get a week off, but then we'll... Double down. Double down. Which the is next what we're going week. to be doing next week. Next week, week
1: yes. Because we don't have time to do it this week. But
0: uh, we've been doing an episode a week for five years. Uh, uh, well over five years now. Like, part of me's like, well, uh, this is... A, th- that's crazy. That's insane. Why are we doing this? Why do we do this to ourselves? You know why? Because we love because you, the, pe- the listener. Yeah, and the people demand it. Yeah, so... I'm sorry we didn't have an episode last week. We still managed to get you something. Take that. <laughs> Why
2: am
1: I angry? Yeah, and I um that's fun. And I uh you know, I've definitely next year there should be some changes to the way that I do Comic-Con that'll make me more able to do
0: longer pieces, which I'm eager to hear about when you when you bring them up later. I assume you will be talking about your your change in strategy.
1: Yeah, but it's not going to be major it's a pretty oh, okay. simple
0: change but okay. uh anyway um, um but that's not what we're talking about first yeah first we've got uh something that i'm sure everyone is well aware of at this point this episode is is going up a few year a uh, few years a, a few, few years. days after uh, the dark knight rises has been released and so this is sort of old news but it's something that i feel like we should uh, address um uh, I did not I do not have the name of the critic in front of me. Oh right, I was going to look that up while uh, we were
1: talking about uh So
0: bullshit. Right at Rotten Tomatoes, there were a lot of early reviews of Dark Knight Rises. I think uh you know, all of them positive. And then the first negative review showed up. I did not read it. I don't know what he said. Perhaps he was hyperbolic. I don't know. But he was th- this critic was then inundated with comments, negative com- not merely negative comments. Comments that wished for his death. Yeah. Like, and I understand, and, you know, like, people can say that really, like, tongue-in-cheek and and ironically, and it's, you know, you can understand, like, when something, when someone's joking. It's still maybe in bad taste to make that joke, but you can get it. But, like, little things, like, there was one that simply said, you know, R.I.P. and the guy's name. And that was it. uh, Marshall Fine? Marshall Fine. Thank you. That was him. And, uh, And stuff like that. It's just like, oh... That's a little creepy. Like, it's not so much... I'm sure he didn't feel personally threatened like anybody was going to hurt him. But when people are wishing ill, physical ill upon him. For a movie that as far as I could tell, few if if not none of them had seen. Right. And it just... You, you and I being uh, online an online presence... Yeah. Uh, Although, neither of us web savvy at all. No.
1: How would... Weird. I think people think, assume we are because we've been doing a podcast for five and a half years. Yeah, Is it five and no, not quite five and a half. Not quite. Yeah. Um, in September. Um, I think people assume we must be like internet people and maybe, I mean, compared to like my mom, I guess I, I know my way around, uh, you know, Twitter and WordPress yeah. and things like that. I, I don't know anything about WordPress and yeah, that's I what d- our site is. Hey, I, you, you know a little about WordPress I a little bit through, about it. through necessity. But, uh, yeah, just so you
0: know, we are not web-savvy people. I put stuff on Facebook, you know. Um, <laughs> I've got a Google Plus account. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy that thing did not take off, because then that's one more thing for us to do.
1: Well, it so. was, I think it was supposed to be a replacement for Facebook. Didn't happen. And I still think... Nobody's made a movie about Google Plus. I still think, as someone who doesn't really use Facebook, I still think if everyone had gone to Google Plus, it would be better. I... Uh, probably I, I I really like it. And then of course
0: it would probably turn shitty too. And there'd be, it'd have its and own there'd be, farm bills and stuff. There'd be one more thing that popped up. I think, I think people just, it's like Friendster, MySpace, Facebook's like, okay, we're good with three. I think we're, well. no, with we, those each replaced the, the next right. or replaced the previous, but it's just, it's like, okay, we've, it's like when you move around a lot, it's mm-hmm. just after the, th- like, I'll, I'll say the third place you move into, it's like, I, I think I really want to stay here for a while. Um, if I can, Right, but, uh, right. but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, but it's—I it, I feel a certain degree of uh, not responsibility, and I certainly don't think anybody is uh, calling for us to uh, comment on this sort of thing. But I feel like I should because yeah. it's something that is so infuriating to me. Uh, if you love the—I haven't seen the Dark Knight Rises. If you—if you love it, and if somebody else didn't like it, by all means, argue all day long. But like. It, this is a di- that's a different le- this is a different level of fanboyism like it's
1: fanaticism
0: fan- okay that's is a it, way- I think yeah. what,
1: it, what it really is um, and I think you know calling people fanboys I don't is, like to use the term um, I, I'm fine with the term fanboy I think it it definitely has a a connotation that is exactly the connotation I want to call up when I say it. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, I mean it's obviously based on the idea of fanaticism. That's mm-hmm. where uh, from what it is from where it is extrapolated. That's its uh, entomology, mm-hmm. right? Did I use that right? I don't know which one's a study of bugs. That might be. Into- I don't know. Um, there's etymology. Yeah, and there's entomology.
0: Okay. Well, I don't
1: know ichthyology. That's the one. That's fish. Yeah. Um, uh anyway um it comes from fan but it's it's sort of a it's sort of a playful like uh, right. you know ironic use of the word fan but these people are clearly fanatics yeah. and and are possibly dangerous and i think Okay, uh, and of course, the f- the same thing happened. Rotten Tomatoes didn't disable reviews or just dis- disable comments comments back for the Avengers, which they have yeah. done for Dark Knight Rises. But when Amy Nicholson of Box Office Magazine posted the first negative, you know, uh, review of the Avengers, a similar thing happened, and maybe it, kind of even uglier because because she happened to be a woman, and most of these assholes um, and psychopaths are. Uh, I was going to say men, but they're boys. There you they're, go. They're not men. Um, but I do I do want to say, uh, it, 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 if you'll allow me to pat us and our, I guess, colleagues on the back a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to step back. I'm going to draw an analogy. Here okay. we go. You are a, you, Tyler Smith, mm-hmm. are a uh, thoughtful and intelligent oh. and respectful uh, Christian American. Okay. Yeah. In that Christian Americans, that's what we prefer to be called. (laughs) Yeah. As such, you are representative of probably the majority of Christians in America. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, but there's a lot of bad press, I guess, around
0: Christians because of, the yeah. the,
1: lun- the lunatic fringe, yeah. the la-
0: the very loud lunatic fringe.
1: But there is, I'm sure you've been accused of this before. Uh, 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 certainly, you have if you watch The West Wing. There's an accusation that I think maybe has some truth to it when it comes to Christians that the Christian mainstream does not do enough to distance themselves from the lunatic fringe. I want to I want to congratulate us and people like Slash Film and I think like Sound On Sight and other like uh, podcasts I've listened to that have talked about this back when The Avengers came out internet fanboys have not stayed quiet on this <laughs> we have mm-hmm. the, those of us who are intelligent people have gone to great lengths to distance ourselves from these uh fucking lunatics
0: and and i think to a certain extent uh you know there's a little bit of, of hyperbole in there but it's just like you said that they're dangerous i'm not sure if i'd say that i think they're physically dangerous but i think they're philosophically dangerous it doesn't do any good like this is based entirely on two movies The one that came out uh, seven years ago, one that came out four years ago. They hadn't seen the new one. They just are anticipating that it'll be good. This goes back to an episode we were doing about uh, uh, reputation, judging by reputation. Mm -hmm. And just like, it is is a weird... Fanaticism is very much the right thing. And when you think about like, everything, this behavior is approaching... Religious fanaticism. Yeah, it well, has uh, that vibe to it.
1: I, I didn't. I didn't mean for the conversation to go here. But as far as the the dangerous thing, I mean, think about it. Um, you know, people like John Lennon was killed by a fan.
0: Yeah, uh, was he a fan? Uh, I think so. I think he was. Selena was killed by a fan. Selena. I, let's yeah. do.
1: Let's do with Selena. Okay. Um. Uh, not Selena Kyle, the character from
0: The Dark Knight Rises. Right. We don't know what happens to her. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe a, maybe a fan. Of this cat burglar. <laughs> maybe, uh... Oh, fuck.
1: I was gonna say the actress' name. Lupe... Antiveros. Lu- Lupe Antiveros. Maybe Lupe Antiveros <laughs> is in The Dark Knight Rises and she shoots Catwoman. Um, She's Poison Ivy. They really take that character in a different direction. <laughs> uh, That's what Poison Ivy would be like in the real world. <laughs> um, uh, but, I mean, to me, maybe I'm paranoid, but the mindset... That would say these things about a film they haven't even seen Mm -hmm. and say these things about a a fellow human being who is merely expressing a learned opinion on a film. An informed opinion. Yes. Because he saw it and they didn't. Right. And he's a
0: critic and... Yeah. But I guess, uh, you know. No, I, yeah, I mean... If we can the, be critics, anybody can be critics. Well, that's true. Um, I, I, when I say informed, I mean in the most basic sense. Yes. He saw it, they didn't. Yes.
1: Um, I, to me, that is such a disconnect from reality that I don't think
0: it's that far a jump to say these people might be dangerous. I guess so. I mean, it, it, and that's the thing is, uh, my we talked about my uh, Christianity earlier and the Christianity tends to have a view of people as depraved and I would say that's about right. However... People are depraved, but uh, I, I have I'm really. I'm with you guys on that one. Okay, all right. Well, we've got you know common ground, but um, but I've never in my life I feel like I haven't really met a lot of truly depraved people, so I have a hard time imagining that sort of thing. Like, I know people that l- that are s- thrilled about you know Dark Knight and and all that sort of thing, and uh, maybe I'll uh, bring it a little closer to home. Like, if somebody out there, if a certain type of critic, uh, although at the same time maybe. I follow some critics and not others, but like, um, but if a critic said like this movie, the master sucks uh-huh. or something like that. And part of me's like, w- uh, wait, what? Uh, but even if, I, but I haven't seen the master. And so like, I just, so I can relate to that idea of like, well, wait a minute. How can this thing that looks so good and based on what, on the previous work, of the filmmaker probably should be good. How can it be bad? Unless this guy is at fault. Like, Th- this guy must be wrong or he's looking to shoot this thing down because there's so much into so much anticipation behind it. There is a certain, uh, there's a precedent for that sort of thing amongst uh, certain types of critics. Yeah. And so, even like, if he is, uh, even if that's, his even entire- if he is- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the- I don't wish a bullet in his brain. Yeah. Um, and so it's, but that's the thing is like, so I can, I can imagine where these people are coming from and, but at the same time, I know that I, I would never want to physically hurt somebody. Well, I mean, there are people I want to physically hurt, of course, but, um, oh, yeah. but I'm not going to do it. I mean, I want to, you know, not an episode goes by that. I don't want to punch you right in your stupid face. <laughs> I, but don't, like, I don't blame <laughs> you. I am asking for it. <laughs> you, you really <laughs> with a face dressed like that yeah. with that tie. It's been a while since I mentioned your tie. Yeah. Um, but,
1: uh, <laughs> you say it like I only have one and I do. <laughs> I want the listeners to know. I have one tie.
0: Yeah. That's all you really need. But uh, but yeah, it's just I can't imagine myself doing that. I can't imagine you doing that. I can imagine up to a point where it's like, oh, wait, that thing is – but that thing was supposed to be good, and it's just
1: – But to me, even like I would be – I'm intrigued by that. You know, I um, uh, just today picked up uh, the new LA Weekly, which I meant to bring over and I left it at home, um, and read uh, Nick Pinkerton's uh, largely – Um, I I would say a majority negative review of The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Um, And that that sort of thing, or um, sticking with LA Weekly and sticking with this uh, fanboy thing, Karina Longworth, back when The Avengers came out, wrote a negative review of The Avengers. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Aaron Hillis, uh, is that how you say his name? Mm -hmm. In the LA Weekly and Village Voice. uh, No, it wasn't him. It was Mark Holcomb. Mark Holcomb in the village voice wrote a negative review of the cabin in the woods and took some uh, flack for it. That one I happen to agree with. I didn't really like that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I read these like uh, Karina Longworth's Avengers review or Nick Pinkerton's Dark Knight Rises review assuming that I like the Dark Knight Rises when I see it which is not a
0: not a guarantee not a guarantee
1: given my feelings about Christopher Nolan which we'll get to in a couple weeks. Um, uh, When I see it I will be interested in adding using the internet, using the open form of the internet, uh, and the fact that we have a website that that a number of people read. Um, not a big enough number. It's yeah, a really I knew great website. Was coming. More people I knew it was coming. Um, uh, The fact that I, I, I look forward to using the internet, uh, the open form of the inter- internet, to continue the discussion. Yeah, that's to me what the internet should be about. That's that's one of the main main tools for it. Well, what these people are doing is antithetical
0: to discussion. Right. It's it, The minds are already made up, you know, and that's why and I think people invest themselves so personally. I mean, you found a little bit of this with uh, Prometheus. People, uh, they invest themselves so much in an opinion that's really just, I mean, it's a hope. Of course, I, I mean, I hope that The Dark Knight Rises is good. I hope that Prometheus was good. And my hope was also, is also based on As informed an opinion as I can have, having not seen the film. And so, but if I invested all of myself in that hope and in that opinion, and then suddenly I found my opinion was wrong, like, it it can be shattering. And so, I think when people, they, like, they really, like I said, if they have a religion, it is... You know the Dark Knight or something like that. I don't mean to like put them down in that sense, but there are people that treat it like that. I mean, they treat like Nolan's series as if like it ch- it is a game changer and it is a game changer for that genre. But like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it's just like that it, genre in that medium. Yes, yeah. But it's it's. I've said it before, and I don't say it. I don't say it lightly. It is just a movie. I understand <laughs> no, I, there I, are I, movies I, that I there are movies that I really wanted to like. Going in, and I had the expectation of liking, and I and I and I knew, I knew all caps, that that movie was going to be great, and then I saw it, uh, or at the very least, I knew I was going to love it. Uh-huh. Then I go see a movie like Get Low. Everything about that seemed like my kind of thing, didn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. and yep. I saw it, and it's like that could have um, been better.
1: Mine from some recent years and this will also come up a little bit later in our main topic, uh, the brother's bloom. That's one that I was so very much looking forward to. Um, and yeah, it it definitely disappointed me.
0: Yeah. And it's just, so it's, it's possible. it, It is possible, but that's the thing is like, if you're open, there's a flip side to that coin. If you are, I mean, you can be disappointed and that's fine, but like, if you are open to the idea of a movie you thought was going to be great, and it's not, if you're open to the idea of that being okay, then you're equally open to the idea of a movie you didn't think you were going to like, and you wind up loving. Black Swan. Mm. I love Black Swan, in spite of myself. You know, and there are people that don't like that movie, but, like, I did not expect to, to like it. And then I went in, it was my favorite movie that year.
1: Yeah. I definitely was surprised by how much I liked Snow White and the Huntsman. <laughs> I, mean, I still am surprised. Like I was talking to people, like uh, like other film writers that I met at Comic Con, talking about like what do you you know what do you like in the first half of the year? And I almost felt like every time it would come up, I'd be to be like, I know. Listen, before I say anything, I know. Yeah, but I really like Snow White and the Huntsman. Um, <laughs> now with. You know, we should get to the main topic. I keep mentioning Comic-Con. Well, um, this will kind of bleed into that, I think. Yeah, but I should just say, and again, it'll come, come up... Our next couple episodes are going to be informed by the Dark Knight Rises, yes. as it should be. It's, it's probably the cinematic event of the year. We good are, or bad. We are
0: critics it, online. Right. Yeah. That second part really makes a, a big difference. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, in in many ways, it is the cinematic event of the year, for good or ill. Yes. It doesn't matter. Um, but... I am, I would say, 60% optimistic about The Dark Knight Rises, based on the fact that I like but don't love both Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, and I I like a number of Christopher Nolan's other films. The Mm -hmm. 40% comes from the fact that his most recent film was Inception, which I really incredibly disliked and that this movie is two hours and 45 minutes long which is
0: scary to me that's a lot of mo- it that's a lot of movie to love or hate yeah like, if it if it turns out like inception yeah oh that's if you think about it it's gonna be so much i hit the movie two hours in 45 minutes left <laughs> yeah like that's ridiculous.
1: oh that's that reminds me of the time I've, I've talked about this is a bit off topic but i've talked about the only two movies that i've ever Put into the D V D player or one of them actually the first one was VHS if you can believe that. Hmm. And not seen all the way through. That I had to give up on. One was Batman and Robin. Yeah. The other was Transformers. And Transformers, Michael Bay's Transformers, the first one. Um I've seen the animated Transformers the movie. It's fine. Orson Welles. Um yeah, uh, Devo. Um <laughs> no not Devo. Um uh, yeah, Weird we're out. out. Weird yeah. out. are stupid. stupid. That's what I'm thinking Yeah. Um uh I think about Devo because in the Weird Al Behind the Music, Mark Mothersbaugh talks about how "Don't Be Stupid" is one of the greatest songs of all time, or something like that. It's pretty great. It is a pretty good song. Anyway, um, the thing with the Transformers, I watched it. Uh, my my girlfriend and I, neither of whom are the type of people who would be interested in Michael Bay's films, um, we like had a free evening, and she had like gotten with her DVD player like a free the Transformers that had been sitting on her th- like her uh, next to her TV in its cellophane for like two years and i was like why don't we like order some food and watch this it'll be it'll be hilarious and we're sitting there and it's not even that kind of funny and i'm thinking to my like the way i'm sitting on her on her couch now you know our couch although we have a new couch now but uh i didn't live with her at the time her couch the way i'm sitting the coffee table is blocking the dvd player so i can't tell how far we in how far in we are um so i'm thinking to myself all right this movie's about two hours and 25 minutes long we've got to be i'm pretty sure we're past the halfway point by now maybe i can see this thing through i look up 43 minutes in (laughs) i was like i can't do this (laughs) and she was like oh thank god (laughs) yeah anyway that's off topic what was i saying i just talking about like dark Knight Rises. oh my 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 anticipation yeah yeah. um i don't think there's a single christopher nolan film that i love Hmm. Uh, and i would say memento is the only film uh, you know what? I haven't revisited Insomni in so long, and I don't want to say this for sure, but Mento is the only film of his that I like more on repeat viewings. Okay. Uh, whereas I think both... Um,
0: I that, do think you should revisit The Prestige. That one... I did not I was, like that movie. That one I I liked when I first saw it. Then I saw it again. I liked it more. Then I saw it again because I was going to be talking about it for more than one lesson, and then I I loved it. It's okay. just...
1: Well, we're going to be talking about Christopher Nolan in a couple yeah, yeah. weeks, but... Um, uh, yeah, both Dark Knight and Batman Begins I think um are a little weaker for me in repeat viewings. Uh I didn't like the pre- that was one. I mean, I don't know how long The Prestige is, but I was by the end of the first act I was like I'm not I don't think I'm liking this movie. So that was a bit tough for me. And Insomnia I need to revisit.
0: I remember liking it. I feel like it gets a bad rap. Well, it it doesn't get any rap. People don't think about it. People uh, never because he didn't it. write it. Maybe it's maybe it's that, and it's you know based on another thing, and it's just it's not dark; it's quite the opposite. And right. and I think just uh, for whatever reason, because Memento had I don't like to use a word like this, but it had a, a gimmick to it, and Insomnia was the one oh, between, that was how
1: I dismissed Memento. I at, remember at first, yeah, yeah we've we told the story, but like, um, yeah, like that it, was it, the it one. It took that put, me getting over
0: the hump of the gimmick to realize that Memento's actually a good it's film. Pretty great, yeah. yeah. Uh, but like that was the one that established him. And then in 2005 was Batman Begins, and people just jumped that gap, not realizing he did make another movie in between, and mm-hmm. the movie's quite good. Um, yeah, I, I remember in film being school, good. People gave me crap because I liked it more than the original, but oh, oh. well.
1: I remember being good, but um, I also have kind of a blind spot when it comes to any movie that has more tyranny in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I uh, Pretty much... I'm pretty much sold on a movie if more is going to be in it. Um, um, we talked about this over on previously on because more Tierneys apparently signed on for a multiple, multiple episode arc on the good wife. Uh, oh. this, this coming well, fourth the, season. You're in
0: heaven, you're, you're thrilled. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The good wife, by the way, I don't know if you know about their episode name gimmick. Uh-uh. Every episode in the first season of the good wife has a single word title. Okay. Every episode in the second season has a two word title. Every okay. episode in the third season has a three word title. Now we're coming on four seasons. Like, if we get to seven seasons, it's going to be a strain on the writers
0: just yeah, to come up I with titles. Yeah, I would say at that point, it, it reminds me of something that uh, I think Jerry Seinfeld said when they were first coming up with episode titles for Seinfeld, and eventually he's like, I-, "I don't want to spend all our time and energy coming up with clever titles. Yeah, let's put that into the show. No one's <laughs> going to see the titles anyway." And right. uh, which, which was true then, it's less true now. People right. do tend to. Which is
1: why, like the news radio, is a perfect example. I don't know if you've ever seen those episode titles. Mm-mm. They just name them after albums they liked. Like, there's a bunch of albums in, or a bunch of episodes in the row that are called like, uh, like, two, physical graffiti <laughs> four. <laughs> like they did all the Led Zeppelin albums and they moved on to like someone That's else. Like, yeah, <laughs> <Good laughs> for them, Houses of the Holy is is an episode of News Radio. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not making it up. Uh, anyway, um, okay, so. We got a bit off topic, but these people who uh, were saying these awful things about both Amy Nicholson and Marshall Fine are fucking awful Yeah, um, and uh, need to learn how to use both their brains and the internet
0: yeah. uh, and a and better. And, and embra- you know, this is going to sound strange, but this is something that I, I find myself leaning towards on my other show. Embrace nuance. I understand that an extreme is easy, even if it's hard to implement. Philosophically, an extreme is easy. Mm-hmm. That mo- I I love th- I'm gonna love this movie or I'm gonna hate this movie, and it's easy and it's all and because it's easy it's hard to move away from once you're there yes so it, it nuance is difficult but it allows you so much more to do it yeah. it allows it allows movies in that you would never even think of seeing much less liking and yes it does and it also means that you're free to say that this movie over here sucked it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how much you put into it you didn't make the movie like you're welcome not to like it. It's perfectly fine. It's surprisingly freeing when you embrace nuance, and these people aren't. When you don't embrace nuance, that's when you start to physically threaten people who don't agree with you.
1: That's why when I write my reviews for the website, which more people should be reading, um, (laughs) I've said this on the show before, I try, if I can, to make sure I say something negative about a movie I love and something positive about a movie I don't like. Um, Unless, I mean, I'm not going to why? if it's something right. like take shelter which i pretty much thought was perfect yeah i'm not going to say something negative i'm not going to make up something negative to say about it you can it. talk about like ah you know my seat creaked a little bit when right. i went to see it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it reminds me of my other thing speaking of brothers bloom the best part of that movie for me was that there was an earthquake <laughs> while i was in the theater watching it Have I told that? I know I've told the story.
0: Have I told it on the air? I think you've told me the the story. I don't think about that.
1: I mean, there's not much to the story. There was an earthquake, and I didn't even realize what it was. I thought someone was like someone's leg was shaking, and it was shaking the row of seats, Mm -hmm. and and, uh, until like I was like looking around, and and my girlfriend was like, "It's an earthquake," Uh, but the woman behind me, I guess, not so used to earthquakes in california I, although i hate that attitude it was like oh earthquakes no big deal no it's still
0: a yeah, big the earth, deal the earth is quaking
1: yeah it's it's a it's a big deal but i don't like freak out uh about it but the woman behind me just kept saying to whoever she was with it, like wh- trying to whisper like she's in, she's in the theater but why is everyone so calm why is everyone so calm why is it <laughs> like over and over again <laughs> uh. anyway um i feel bad for her but it was also kind of funny yeah. anyway We've gone almost half an hour. So um, real quick before we get into the topic, tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. That's where you get your awesome earbuds. Um, they come in a variety of uh, styles and, and colors, but every one of those is professional quality. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you don't have to worry about the quality depending on – the quality does not vary. Yeah, that's the, the style. common denominator. Yes. style low
0: about it, by the way.
1: Uh, yes, that is the common denominator. Uh, you know what's low about it? What's that? The price. Oh. Uh, and it's especially low if you use our, uh, our portal into the website, which is tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. It gets you one third off your order and, and free shipping. So definitely check out tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. Okay. Now I've mentioned it a bunch of times, but and I was going to say you and I were both at Comic-Con this past weekend, but that's not entirely true. Yeah. You and I are both in San Diego, yeah. around the gas lamp district and convention Center, yes, uh, I was at comic con i was ha- I was haunting the streets <laughs> you were doing comic con adjacent yeah. uh, uh, activities and um, of which
0: there are plenty
1: yeah, you could feel you could feel the whole time, yeah, like not
0: going to the convention at all yeah, and um, actually my i mean of course I, I was going to say like my favorite thing had nothing to do with it. it 's like well, those are the only things I did but um right. But one of my but like everything I did I absolutely loved and I remember Comic Con when I went a couple of years ago and uh I like this stuff more than that. <laughs> you know? Um you know there's the there's the sense of community, but and but that's still there. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're in the park or or whatever. So but yeah. So yes, we were both not strictly speaking, we were you were at Comic Con and I wasn't, but we were there for Comic Con.
1: Yes, and we and we got to, um, we got to meet up with some some old friends. Excuse me. Um, uh, such as, of course, uh, my favorite Comic Con bud uh, Ryan Gallagher from the C- Criterion cast, mm-hmm. but also Moisés Chulian, yeah. Chulian, whom we had not seen since he had been on our show. Right. It was great to uh, catch up with him and watch him put away a platoon's worth of sushi (laughs) that guy (laughs) we sat down at the table saturday night he ordered so much shit that i was like in my head i was like this guy's his eyes are bigger than his stomach here clearly (laughs) like he's gonna regret this order no No. it was all gone by the end that guy can put away the sushi uh who else um uh matt patterson from the warner archive um i i um we saw Peter Serretta from SlashFilm.com, mm-hmm. and Angie Han from SlashFilm.com. I got to meet people like Katie Rich and David Gonzalez, whom I had not uh, met before. Jordan Hoffman, mm-hmm. lots of other film people whose work I uh, admire, um, and uh, of course, uh, oh, uh, people that we had that I had never met. Speaking of people I'd never met in person before, but whose work mm-hmm. I admire, uh, Kate Kolzik from the Televerse, yeah. Televerse podcast. I almost, I like have this thing after Comic-Con where I want to do like, just talk about movie stuff on this show and talk about the TV stuff over on previously on. Right. But hey, that's going to be tough this year because I didn't get to see much movie stuff. Um, but also I don't want to like ignore, uh, Kate. We hung right. out with her, uh, uh, plenty and I had a, I had a great time meeting Kate, um, God, I, I don't want. I don't want to leave anyone
0: out. I'm just trying to make sure. I'm- well, I mean, and of course, uh, King of TV, Paul Goebel, was there yeah, as well. I could see him anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we don't. We specifically yeah. avoid him now. It's unfortunate. That's a joke, of course. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but yes, I remember uh, Kate and Paul and myself spent. I'm going to say too much time talking about how much we love the character Mycroft Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those are the kind of conversations you can have at Comic Con.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was all fun stuff. You know, lots of catching up with people, um, lots of drinking for me, um, which was fun, but might be part of the problem. Should let me start actually with that with the talking problem? with talking about why this year was a little less fruitful for me. Okay, a little more frustrating maybe i'd just been lucky in years past but i was not able to get into a lot of the big shit that i wanted to get into Mm -hmm. this year um and it partially was that i was lucky in the past but partially there was um the culture of camping out for a panel exploded like it was so much bigger this year than i mean there it had happened in years past but it was every night there were people camped out starting at like 9 p.m for something the next day that's that is crazy yeah it's crazy and, and so you know i you know i know people who got in line on saturday morning for hall h at 7 a.m and even by one thirty they still weren't in like because people weren't leaving people were just camped out they went into hall h when they opened up at ten thirty and stayed there all day yeah um and so uh, i think next year I might drink less, not as a result of like, oh, I need to cut back in the drinking. Yeah, fine. there's no uh, no introspection here. Uh, I, I don't need to be introspective. I do I do not have a problem with drinking. <laughs> I think there's some issues, um, but uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm thinking about my drinking issues. Oh yeah, so, okay, sorry. Well, I, I okay drinking issues. Oh, good. All right, I have. I have no problem going as much I, as much as a month without having a drink. That's mm-hmm. not the problem. It's Not that I have these cravings when I don't drink.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's that sometimes once once the once the faucet's on, yeah, once it's flowing, yeah, I kind of have trouble stopping. I see. Um, well,
0: especially in a in a social environment like yeah. that, when you're see, you know you're hanging out with friends, yeah. they're drinking and it becomes like a. I, I say this. I, I don't drink, yeah. but. I understand that's how it works.
1: Yeah. But I also now I feel like I need to uh, um, defend myself because I live in Los Angeles, a automobile based city. Yeah. I certainly know when to put a cap on it if I'm driving, which is yeah. after two, maybe three drinks if they're not, depending on what, what kind of drink it is, you know, right. if, it, if it's, you know, PBR, I can have four of those because it's essentially water, Um <laughs> anyway that's not the point okay. i just wanted to get that out of
0: the way in case anyone was yeah because i make because you I may, tweet a lot about drinking
1: and, and, I, and i and i and i that's actually you're right that's a big part of why i'm thinking about it because i guess i'm getting older i'm almost 30 so i'm almost an adult now um and so the idea of like yeah man drinking is like... High
0: five. I, yeah, I'm a little old for that. Yeah, this has been legal for me for nine years.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that that's a little ridiculous. I don't need to keep doing that. So I want to make sure that it is recognized that I understand that drinking is... Uh, drinking alcohol is a problem for for many people mm-hmm. and that it's not that's not something that I uh, take lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to... I didn't mean to go there but I want to get that out there. I understand yeah. that it's serious and I... Have plenty of fun with people who don't drink, but I'm thinking about drinking less next year, simply because of the fact that I'm thinking about
0: getting up earlier.
1: Not that I sleep in at Comic Con.
0: Well, but let me ask you this: I was under the impression, based on things that you've told me in the past, that you were you were. Uh, I'm not sure how quite how to phrase this, but that like, you did not want to be a slave to the panels. That yeah. for you, you you liked the social aspect you sure you like going to the panels but that you didn't you didn't want that to dictate to you how your comic con was going to go
1: but that has changed in recent years because of the fact that i recognize with how quickly comic con sells out i recognize how fortunate i am to be given uh, a free badge yeah. by them as press and so,
0: so you almost feel a, a responsibility yeah, i feel a responsibility okay. to have things great. to cover it's great power it comes great responsibility <laughs> stay tuned
1: yeah we'll get to that um so uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking for next year because this year I almost feel guilty how short those little podcasts were that I mm-hmm. that I put up because it wasn't just me like I wasn't able to talk to to get someone else's thoughts on um uh, certain panels because I didn't really get to talk to anybody who got into them like a lot of people didn't yeah. although the, the Saturday stuff I just didn't get a chance to talk to anybody at all about um about you know, Godzilla and Pacific Rim and Man of Steel and Iron Man Three and all those uh Django and and all the things that showed there. Um I think you mean Man of Steel, right? <laughs> You're right. I don't know what I was thinking. Um uh anyway, uh where was I with this? So yeah, next year I think I will be maybe drinking less in an attempt to get up earlier. Mm. Because I feel uh yeah, I feel it's responsibility to report on something. Okay. So, uh let's start with uh preview night, which you weren't even there. You didn't get there till Thursday morning or you got there till like at like two o'clock in the yeah, morning 2 Wednesday night.
0: That's a um, that's a gorgeous drive oh, I bet. after
1: eleven. I bet it's a t- it's two hours. Well I've done it I mean there were I used to when I first started going to Comic Con I wouldn't stay. I'd just go down for a day um mm. and would like you know, the convention would close at like seven, or whatever. Um, or the hall would close uh, at seven. The exhibit floor, go get something to eat, and then hit the road at like nine. Oh, it's so much easier than oh, yeah. than coming home uh, now. Although the past couple, this year and last year, I took the train home, which is uh, a dream. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, literally because I got to sleep through it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so a preview night. Um, there was, uh, there's always, it's always fun to see what sort of, uh, big stuff the, the booths will do, uh, on, on, on preview night. You know, I, I am, when it comes to shopping, I'm a fan of the smaller booths, but there's a certain spectacle just to going, uh, onto the floor and seeing the, uh, you probably saw pictures, uh, maybe of the gigantic trolls at the Weta booth. Right. Yeah. Or like there was a, was the walking dead booth where you could get your picture taken with a, like as a zombie with a chain around your neck.
0: Yeah. I think uh, something like, I think, uh, like there's a character in the most recent, uh, season yeah, or something yeah. like that who has zombies on chains or something yeah, like that. And, um, and you could be one of those zombies.
1: Yeah. Uh, and you know, there was that total recall and, and looper at the Sony booth, Sony booth that had like, uh, big cars from the films. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what a, there was a boat for the James Bond uh, I don't know a boat from one of the movies I'm not a James Bond guy there was uh, all the Iron, I, Iron I, Man suits. Iron Man suits yeah, yeah that was cool the new Men of Steel uh, yeah. uh, costume was in uh, on display there that was cool and then the one I'm working up toward okay was the coolest at the Lucasfilm booth for <laughs> the um, advertising the release of Indiana Jones on Blu-ray they had a well of souls with an arc, and gigantic feet, and a whole bunch of real snakes. Real snakes? Yes. I mean, it was like in a terrarium, like glass. There was no way for them to get out. But, I mean, there were a few fake snakes because there weren't like like the cobras, you know, the poisonous snakes were fake. But there were just all these
0: real snakes. It was so much fun. Can you imagine how, yes, horrifying, yes, tragic, and yes, awesome it would be if someone broke that glass, because <laughs> then you've got you've got a real uh, a real horror situation, like just a a, a huge room, yeah. like a football field field long. Oh, I think it's bigger than a football. Bigger than that? Field. Oh, yeah. And so full of people and snakes. Ah, oh, there's your sequel. Yeah. <laughs> I've had it with these motherfucking snakes in this motherfucking uh, exhibit floor. Oh. He would, he'd he'd get specific about it.
1: <laughs> uh, so that was that was the coolest thing uh, Wednesday night. So let's get to Thursday when you were there. Uh, Thursday morning, I kind of had to stay in the hotel room and work on website stuff, get reviews up for uh, thank you for that for for Margaret uh, yep. on on DVD and Blu-ray. Although I didn't get to, see, you know, thank you to Fox for sending me a review copy, but they only sent me the DVD, so I didn't get to see the director's cut I oh really oh because the director's probably, cut is only on the
0: blu-ray i will probably be purchasing it on blu-ray and yeah. then i will lend make it sure you it. get the blu-ray because yeah, uh, that's the plan
1: yeah because I'm, I'm hoping that it addresses my one real problem with the film is matt damon's character right
0: and everything about that like it feels like there's more there yeah i'm hoping that there's more and what gets me is like why the hell would the studio cut out matt damon <laughs> right like he's the but
1: he's is, a star but is the theatrical cut the studio cut or is it You the, know what? I don't think it is. I think, I think it's think the Scorsese it uh yeah. uh schoonmaker cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, think that's that's, right. what, that's what it is. So they he was cutting for, you know, emotional continuity and stuff and he mostly yeah. got that, but if you if you spend any mental energy at all on the Matt Damon character in the film as it exists, uh, it's tough to make him make sense.
0: Yeah. It's, it's very part thinly me, Part drawn. of me is like, either go the whole way with his character or cut him out. You could have cut him out. Yeah. You could have cut him out. Um, and it would still make
1: sense. I mean, there's still some, there's some stuff here. There's right some
0: now. stuff that she does in relation, like
1: her actions in relation to the Matt Damon character are, I think very important to her story, but, uh, it is, it was a bit of a distraction. But anyway, we're sitting here, I'm sitting here talking smack about a film that I loved. Yeah. It was
0: wonderful. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. And, and isn't it exciting to know? It's like, this film I love is a, is going to get better. I'm going to watch <laughs> it, and I will love it more. Yeah. Probably.
1: Yeah. God help the first person who posts a negative oh, no review question of about the that. Uh, you director's know what? cut of Margaret. I'm going to be first in <laughs> line to put a bullet in that guy's head. Um, and then I also had to post a review of Benoit Jacot's Farewell My Queen, which is currently my second favorite movie of 2012. Second behind? The Avengers. What a weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> that was another thing that, like, I. Felt myself apologizing for because I, f- I feel like I have a reputation even though I don't because no one reads the website. I mean, people read the website and I appreciate it. Not enough I don't people. Think, I
0: them. don't think you quite understand who you're talking to. You're talking to people like the people listening to this is I believe one fifteenth. The number of people that read the website. Okay.
1: <laughs> See, more people read the website than listen to the podcast, yeah. but tell your friends. If anything, maybe we should start posting blogs saying listen to the, listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's what we should be doing. Um, I feel like I have a reputation, or at least Battleship Pretension with its name has a reputation for being pro- you know
0: foreign and independent film and and oh, we'll get to the we'll get to the name battleship pretension in a moment oh okay but go right ahead all right i oh, think i told I'm you sorry. that story right i'm not sure but we'll, it's uh, a comic-con story okay
1: um so i'm like glad to say that farewell my queen is one of my uh favorite movies of the year but i almost feel like i have to go i know i i i am surprised too but the avengers still hanging in there at hanging number there. one um anyway so uh thursday yeah, stayed in the room that morning working on website stuff to get it out of the way for the rest of the weekend. And there wasn't a lot of big stuff that morning. I didn't go to the dream, uh, the DreamWorks animation panel, which I heard was actually kind of fun, if uh, geared towards kids. But that doesn't bother me. Um, as far as movie stuff, we'll skip ahead to Thursday afternoon. I went to the Masters of the Web panel, which I talked about in our preview episode. It was... Uh, uh, I'm, re- I'm just looking at the list here. Mike Sampson from screencrush.com. Jenny Mato from movieline.com. Molly Elfman from screencrave.com. Eric Davis from movies.com. Uh, Steve Weintraub from collider.com. Gray Drake from fandango.com. Jenna Bush from cocktails with Stan Lee. And Edward Douglas from comingsoon.net. Hosted by John Campia. I don't know how say that guy's name. From AMC Theatres. Mm.
2: Uh,
1: which sounded great to me to hear these like movie website editors and writers talk about their craft. But it was kind of presented by AMC Theaters, and also Carl Urban and the producers of Dread were um, special guests, and it ended up pretty much just being about Dread, which was kind of a bummer. And I don't blame the panelists, because when they were able to talk... Even but even the Q and A ended up being about dread. I thought like once we got to the Q and A, it's like okay, these people are clearly here to see the Masters of the Web and the nah. it's gonna be about that. But even that was mostly about about dread and about Carl Urban and his chin, and uh, that was it was kind of disappointing. But um, I do want to give a shout out, I guess, to Molly Elfman from ScreenCrave Screen com who had, uh, she said one of my favorite things and something I think that I have that I consider great advice, even though I don't know that I would have articulated it as such beforehand uh, For movie reviewers, mm-hmm. which is essentially never write anything you wouldn't say to a filmmaker's face. And I think, on the one hand, that could be seen as an endorsement of pulling punches, uh, but that's not how I see it, and I don't think that's how she meant it. I think right. it's an, it, it's uh, a, a plea to
0: have conviction yeah. in, in your opinions. And respect. Uh-huh. I, recognizing yes. that, like, you know saying something to somebody's face it doesn't mean the fact that this person's in front of me doesn't mean i like their movie anymore but it does mean i don't have to go out of my way to be insulting yeah
1: yeah it's good good advice for internet commenters too don't say, don't say anything to a critic who wrote a negative review of the dark knight rises that you wouldn't
0: say to his face yeah for example i'm going to kill you <laughs> right i feel like you wouldn't if you said that to someone's face he would get you he would have you arrested yeah <laughs>
1: um uh, and um and then after that on Thursday, I saw the coolest panel, okay. possibly my favorite, tied for favorite panel of the of the con for me. It was called the Science of Science Fiction, Okay. and it was uh, a lot of it was TV based um, because it was um, Jane Espenson who wrote on um, like you know Buffy and Firefly and Caprica and Game of Thrones and everything cool and geeky she has written on, and she is one of my favorite people in the world who Mm -hmm. is alive right now uh that's mostly why i went um but it was also uh john spates i'm not sure if i'm saying that right who wrote the first draft of prometheus although i don't know that it was even called prometheus in its first draft uh zach stenson ashley miller who wrote uh thor and x-men first class uh jamie paglia um who wrote for eureka and um dr Kevin Grazier, who's a science advisor for, among other things, Battlestar Galactica. Hmm. And, and Eureka, I think, uh, came up. Uh, and it was basically these sci-fi writers talking about researching the actual science of the fiction, fictional science they're coming up with. So, yeah, super nerdy, but so fascinating and so much fun. Um, like, one of the things... Uh, that I enjoyed telling people the rest of the weekend, even though probably I know they were making it up on the spot, but I found but this will give you an idea of the kind of stuff that came up uh, The guy from Eureka said that um you would have to be, have to be running five hundred and eighty six miles per hour in order to run across the surface of water, but all your skin would be flayed off if you <laughs> if you did hmm. so it 's kind of kind of a trade off uh, but that 's the kind of stuff that came up, but it was also fascinating to hear about um stuff that was in early drafts of both Prometheus and um and X-Men first class that was very sciency and got kind of whittled out based on either budget or just the the studio not wanting to focus on you know the interesting stuff. I guess it's not interesting to everyone, but I, I get like there was I guess a scene in an early draft of X Men First Class where a hydrogen bomb goes off and Magneto was able to use a magnetic field to contain it in a very small area. Oh, that's neat. That's really cool. Yeah, and like the original idea for Prometheus was the like explaining how, um, I guess this would be spoilery. Never mind. But it uh-huh. had to do with like the fact that there were for millennia on Earth before. In pre-human time, there were a series of ice ages. It was a back and forth ice age, non ice hmm. age, and that kind of stopped. And it's only because that stopped for as long as it did that human life was able to grow. And hmm. that was going
0: to be a part of the story. Uh, that's interesting, especially when you consider that, like, would they do that in the opening scene? Like, that's <laughs> yeah. a lot to fit in. Uh, yeah, I
1: think that's kind of what he said: is it was going to be in in the in, at the beginning. Um, anyway, this was probably my favorite. Um, Panel of the of the convention. Okay. What did you do on Thursday?
0: So Thursday, uh, so I drove down with friend of the show and uh, BP writer uh, Kyle Anderson. Uh, and so we got in pretty late uh, Wednesday night or early Thursday morning, however you want to look at it. I consider uh, the way I see it, Wednesday goes until about four a.m. Oh, when okay. I go to sleep. Right. And so you never um, go to sleep that early. I did when I was there. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, I went to bed. Uh, well, there was one day when I went to bed, like, two. It was very strange. But, um, but I made up for it with six the next day. <laughs> so um, so we had to wake up early because Kyle had to, I had to drop him off somewhere. And I guess I can say where now. It was, it was a secret for a while. Oh, okay. but uh, So he writes uh, all the uh, reviews and discussions about Doctor Who over at the Nerdist. Nerdist.com. Nerdist.com. And, uh, We're and big so, fans of them over here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't like that Kyle guy. <laughs> but, um, but uh, So anyway, uh, so with the Nerdist, uh, Chris Hart, they, they have a feature, the name of which I don't recall, but the Nerdist staff will bowl against some other thing. Right. some other like it could be like a team of pod, of podcasters. Right. And in the this KKK. case, yes, sure. That's what. It's I mean. like that that um is like Let's Bowl that was on Comedy Central that was actually kind of a great show.
1: Oh, I so loved that show. Absolutely. <laughs> um
0: but uh the
1: uh I still think about the you can get your bowl's emailed to you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
0: this is like this is for me and you only yeah. and the and the three other people who watched Let's Bowl. <laughs> but uh and so in this instance, they were playing. They were bowling against several cast members from Doctor Who, and so Kyle got to go and uh, and watch, and he got to meet the cast members. and It was a very exciting and a big deal for him. So, so I dropped him off, and then I uh, through Battleship Pretension, I was able to get at like an advance early uh, opportunity to walk through the coma. Exhibit, yeah. I guess now, you we're getting back that.
1: into TV here, but the connection is that it's
0: Tony and Ridley Scott. Yes. Uh, and producing... it was a, and it was a movie in the seventies, which I saw.
1: Yeah. Uh, that Michael Crichton, Michael Crichton. Did yeah. he direct it? He wrote it.
0: Well, he directed it. It's based Robin on Cook Robin wrote Cook. Wrote book.
1: Yeah. Michael Crichton adapted it. Yeah. I think did he directed he, it he as directed, well. Okay.
0: Um, and it's actually a pretty good, it's actually a pretty good movie. And so you walk through, and the idea is you're wa- you walk through this Institute, uh, the, the Jefferson Institute where they take care of coma victims. And, uh, and you're able to. This thing sure did spoil a lot for me, but I remember the original movie, so I, I know what happens. But uh, but it made the miniseries actually look quite good. Like they kind of sold me on it.
1: Um, I know it's Ellen Burstyn and Lauren Ambrose. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of both of them. Yeah,
0: and then and uh, and there are other there are other notable people as well. It's just it it looked really interesting. So there's a I don't know when it is, but there's a an A and E oh. miniseries of Coma. And uh, I'm I'm inter- If I got a if I had a and e I'd be excited it's about it. It's a two
1: it. night event. Oh, I should know.
0: I was just reading about it. Okay, but uh, <laughs> you don't care. No. Well, I sorry. Well, that like, should be our job is to report those sort of things. Should it? I don't. they're not paying us. It's
1: enough that I'm saying it was interesting. But you got invited as a member. Of that's true. Yes. The okay, press. Fair
0: enough. Um, but uh, now I will say for those that weren't following following me on Twitter. Uh, somebody, our tour guide, made reference to uh, the website, which was comaconspiracy.com. Now, <laughs> coma conspiracy, <clears throat> the first word being what it is, and it being the number of syllables that it is, I could not, ha- I spent the next, I don't uh, I'm going to say 36 hours singing a song in my head and it was, I'm sorry, everybody, I'm going to sing it now. And uh-huh. it was, coma, 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 conspiracy. Okay, that's all I did over and over until I wanted to kill myself.
1: That reminds um, me speaking of Kyle Anderson, he tweeted a thing once that I still think about every time I do laundry. Okay. Which is that whenever it's laundry day, his little song is, laundry day, today <laughs> is motherfucking laundry day. <laughs> that's
0: a very... Um, so that so that's the big thing I got out of the coma exhibit was that delightful little song that I was uh, that I tweeted. But uh, but that was that was actually a fun display. And uh, so then I went to oh and then I went and saw uh, a movie because uh, Kyle and I had to split because he went to well well we split before I went to the coma thing. So I went and saw a movie. I went and saw the Amazing Spider Man. Spider Man, sorry, that's for you. <laughs> that's for me. Yeah. And. Uh, and a real, uh, I w- for for a brief moment, uh, Dave and I were thinking about talking about uh, our opinions of the of uh, the Amazing Spider Man. Uh, but oh, we can't. Be- well, we've been going for a while, but we can. Nah. nah, I say we can talk about it a little bit. Okay, sure. Um, so I, I guess I don't want to be too spoilery, but like honestly, is there such a thing as a spoiler for this movie? Like origin story, and uh, yeah, the lizard doesn't win. <laughs> like yeah. that's really what it is. There are no twists or anything.
1: There's at least one thing I can think of.
0: Oh yeah, that. Yeah, that was pretty sexy. <laughs> that's not what I meant. Um I don't or maybe that is what I meant <laughs> and <laughs> you are crazy. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and so uh so I went and saw that and then and we'll get to that in a moment. And then Kyle and I after the movie Kyle and I uh met back up and we went to the Warner Extra uh, thing yeah, this is a thing that Warner Brothers did for the first time.
1: Um, was and uh, I think there's a name for this park, but it's it's a sort of next in front of the. Um, it's like across from the Hall H line. Yeah. And people who haven't been there don't know this. By the Bayfront Hilton, there was a whole yeah. park area that they set up a stage
0: and some other stuff. Yeah, and it,
1: was, it pretty was cool.
0: It was great. It was they really like put a lot of time and effort into it, and and it was good stuff. Uh, I went and they. I talked about this. They had all the Batmobiles. Can I tell you, I wish we couldn't...
1: Two years ago when we did our Comic-Con wrap-up episode, we had our friend Patrick Starr from Pretend For mm-hmm. Real Studios on, and I wish I could have gotten... He wasn't free. We could have gotten him to come on tonight just to tell his story, which is the first thing he went over to the Batmobiles. he went over to the Adam West Batmobile mm. and heard <laughs> a guy on his phone saying, Jerry, it's not the real one.
0: Don't even bother. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: i recognize that
0: everybody there is like a a nerd including us but every once in a while it's just like oh yeah um but uh yeah so i saw like all the batmobiles and i saw the, the the one that i was most interested in and admittedly the one that was coolest to see was the 1989 tim burton batmobile and it was pretty great uh just kind of I don't know. In that moment, it really was like, "Oh, childhood!" Like I'm standing in front of this thing, and it's. Uh, I I feel like I want to revisit those those movies. Uh-huh. Like you and I stand by Batman Returns, but that first Batman's pretty solid too. Yeah, um, I, yeah, so, I do want to
1: revisit. It. I haven't seen it in a long time.
0: But uh, so there was that. But then there was something that my, I think was probably my favorite thing of the convention, and it was it was uh, presented by Nerdist, and it was the Tournament of Nerds. Which is a, a something they do online, uh, but this was basically.
1: And I and I think our our friend in front of the show Ed Salazar is yes. involved in this. Uh,
0: yes, I think he has done something like it, and uh, I. Oh, he was not involved in this one. Not in this one. Oh, no, but he's done something. But he's he was there at Comic
1: Con like doing doing comedy.
0: Was he? I actually they, didn't
1: they know did, that they did a. Um they did the Meltdown Show, which is that's a weekly right. comedy show hosted by Jon Ray and Camille Nanjiani, Yes, and they and they did it there. And I heard it was awkward because apparently WB was very very strict about what people could say.
0: Yes, and that's a uh, not a good <laughs> not a good place for comedians to uh, no. spread their wings. Yeah, and just like and I believe uh, during the Tournament of, of Nerds that one of the hosts said it's just like. PG-rated comedy outside during the day. This is going to be great. <laughs> um, but what it is, is you get these various comedians, and each one represents a different character. And so this was supposed to be, because it was put on by Warner Brothers, it was different Warner Brothers characters. And so the fir- and then the comedians sort of sort of dress up like these characters, and then they go up and they... Uh, they talk about why this character is better. Not necessarily who would win in a fight, but why their character is better. So the first one, uh, it was Superman and Batman. Okay, so then they argue about which one is uh, is better. And their arguments are often very funny. Um, Superman called uh, Bruce Wayne a one percenter. Uh, Batman talked about how he's the best uh, detective uh, in, you know, world's greatest detective or whatever. That he's just like, he's like, I have... And this is... because you have to be like a comic book pro to know this stuff. Cause they're making references. I, I don't know this, but he's like, he's like, I have a kryptonite ring that he gave me. Come on. It just, <laughs> uh, and so, and then there's like a panel of judges and, uh, and that one wound up being uh, tied. And so the, the crowd decided that the guy talking about Superman won. Uh. But then that, that's when they revealed well, this isn't just going to be Warner superheroes. It's going to be all purpose Warner Brothers characters. So the next one was Green Lantern versus Michael Jordan in uh, Space Jam. And, uh, and that one was great. Now, who uh, took on the role of uh, James
1: Dean in <laughs> Rebel without a cause?
0: The, it, that's the thing part of me was like I think they like do some like fun like classic things and they didn't really and I wish that they had because I was looking forward to like a Rick Blaine or something All like right. that but uh, and so that was fun and then uh, I think the very last one they did and then of course they put the they pitted the winners against each other the, then they did one that I loved so much well, real quick let me ask you okay who wins Scarlet O'Hara versus Wonder Woman Is this in a fight or just in general? Just who, who, which one do I prefer? It's a, it's a, it's a battle of wits and wills.
1: Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. So,
0: sorry. Scarlett O'Hara is resourceful. Yeah, I know. She made a dress out of drapes. I know, but she doesn't have an invisible plane. Oh, that's true. It's like the one thing she doesn't have. She does have a golden lasso.
1: There's a lot of acreage on Terra. You don't know,
0: and you you couldn't
1: see invisible plants people
0: parked there anyway. You know what? You've convinced me. (laughs) Uh, All right, sorry. Your favorite one was my favorite one because it's just that's the thing is it was just it was genuinely funny and really and well argued a lot of the time. And uh, oh, and incidentally, uh, I believe his name is Mike Carlson. Who he was uh, Michael Jordan, and he talked about uh, Green Lanterns like he has one ring. I have six. (laughs) And then, uh, he goes, what he goes, Oh, he thinks it's a big deal that this guy, that this alien, I don't remember the name, that this alien crashes to earth and gives him his rings. It's like, that's not nearly as honorable as the basketball commissioner giving. (laughs) And so it was very funny. But, uh, my favorite one was, uh, Dr. Manhattan versus Jack Warner. (laughs) Okay. So he's not really a character. Right. And so, uh, and so Jack Warner, he, go, he goes up and he's got like a cigar and he's got like this nice suit. And so the guy uh, who is Dr. Manhattan, a guy named Alex Berg, he's a comedian who, I, who I've seen some of his stuff and he's very funny. And he's like the champ of Tournament of Nerds. And I can see why. Like he just – he's all energy. He's really smart. And, and so he goes out there and he just talks about like I'm practically a god and stuff like yeah. that. And then Jack Warner comes to the mic and he goes – I own him. <laughs> I own all of you. Like, he just really plays up this kind of like, and, uh, and he's like, it was, it was like Michael Lerner and Barton Fink. Exactly. Like Michael <laughs> Lerner and Barton Fink. And it was just so, and then there's like a rebuttal and stuff like that. He's like, he's like, he's saying, I can't kill the Watchmen. Wait till I make Watchmen two. <laughs> and he's like, he goes, I'll cast Dax Shepherd, I'll cast Dane Cook, I'll recast Malin Ackerman, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it was just delightful, and everything about uh it's everything about comic-con that i love just a celebration of this but also who who was doing jack warner uh i don't remember the guy's name It's johnny something or other i don't i don't recall but uh but he was great and i love it i cut you off it was everything you love about it's everything i love about comic-con because it's entertaining it celebrates this stuff um and one of my favorite uh and it's super nerdy and it's super nerdy uh but the uh the uh there was Superman against uh, Michael Jordan uh, in a later round. Uh, Michael Jordan wound up winning the whole thing, by the way. Um, ah. And so, uh, and the guy saying, talking about Michael Jordan, he starts saying, you know, some sports stats and stuff. And then the guy playing Superman, like, met those in his rebuttal. And was like, I'm sorry, you just brought a jock to a nerd fight. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was delightful. And so, that might have been my gen- just my favorite thing of the whole weekend because it was just yeah. so well done and I just loved it. Did we and skip our thoughts on Amazing Spider-Man? We'll get to that in a second. Okay. Uh, but first, I, I'll, I'll we'll we'll return to that after Thursday, um, and then we went to the meetup. Oh yeah, the meetup. Yeah.
1: A rousing success. Yeah, such a rousing success that we had promised free drinks from eight to ten, and we kind of hit our limit about nine thirty. Yeah. Like we had, based on the people who were very much nice enough to pick up the tab yeah. for us, um, we had a limit, and we thought
0: it would. Uh, I I thought that it would take us through to ten, and we hit it about nine thirty. It was it was really nice. It's always nice talking to to fans. It's a little strange because uh, there's like oh I've, I've a you've fan. actually taken
1: me to ta- task for using the word fan before because you prefer listeners.
0: I I used to say listeners, but then people were like I'm a fan, and I'm just like okay, I yeah, guess that's right. you know, and I, I guess that's technically what they are. So if they're coming to the meetup, then they're probably fans, right? Yeah. And so. Um, and it's it's great. I love talking to them. It's it's a lot of fun. But it's also just like so. You love me, huh? Maybe uh, expound on that. Yeah, like, I, just, I I don't want to do that. I just asked them. Um, I asked how they found the show, how long have they been listening, and then I just ask them about themselves.
1: Yeah. So uh, I wish I were better with names. Uh, uh, I got I was okay with names, and so because I want to thank the listeners who came out specifically, but yeah. I I just not it's not. I don't have a good memory for okay. that. Okay.
0: The ones I recall are, there was Josh. Okay. There was Dan. Mm-hmm. There was Mike. Okay. And I believe his wife, whose name I do not recall. I apologize, because I talked to Mike uh, the next day as well. Right. Or two days later, I think. Nope, the next day. I don't remember Oh, now. and there was a Jeremy. There was a Jeremy. Yes, I, I do. Speci- and then there was a J. Uh, okay. I I uh I want to specifically say sorry to uh, Mike and Jeremy. I feel like you guys got the short shrift. Um, <laughs> because I, I was like, ah, I I feel like I didn't talk to them as much as I could have.
1: But they weren't just there to talk to us. They were there to meet each other. And were they? P- p- and p- not necessarily. It was people who like the same stuff. Because it wasn't just Battleship Retention. It was battleship Retention, Criterion Cast, and the Warner Archives. That's true. So it's people who like not only like film, but like a certain kind yeah. of f- film, older and snobbier, yes. <laughs> mostly. Uh, and I thought that was a... Um, a really cool place it ended up being really awesome. Um, yeah, uh, Dublin Square ended up being a sort of a perfect little uh, venue. They gave yeah. us our own sort of—it wasn't really a room, but a little like a little section, sectioned off
0: area yeah. that
1: that was that was our own. Um,
0: and we and had it more wasn't, people showed up, by the way, than just like those five or six. Uh, it was yeah. actually surprisingly full. But yeah. those are the some people were there for Criterion. Some people were like friend, like friends of ours, like Goebel and uh, like Matt Warren showed up. Yeah, I was going to
1: say like we had a number like Battleship Retention was better represented than anyone else
0: because it was me and you yeah. and kyle and matt and rita and rita yeah yeah and uh, and then some some people also brought friends who were not aware of the show yeah and so was it's fun. just like you know what good for you guys i don't know like a, coming with your friend to a bar to meet someone that you do not care at all about <laughs> yeah um but it was it was fun, and uh, some of the listeners are also listeners of uh, more than one lesson, and so we talked a little bit about that, and that was fun. Uh, but it was a, a huge success and very very humbling. Like it's it astounds me in general that people choose to listen to this on a reg- on a regular enough basis that they can like quote us back to us because I'm like I don't I don't remember saying that um,
1: uh, I don't remember saying stuff. If we get a comment on the website or a tweet. Responding to something I said on the most recent show, yeah, seventy percent, seventy five percent of the time I don't know what they're yeah, referring no to. I, I need a reminder of what I said. I won't remember that I said this, but uh, but it was yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Okay, so um, did you want to talk about Amazing Spider-Man real quick? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I, I'll say I liked it more than I expected to. I did. I saw it before Comic Con. You saw it while well, in San Diego. Yes. Um, I liked it more than I expected to, but I wouldn't say I liked it overall. I would put it. Uh, to me, on par with Sam Raimi's first film, but keep in mind, I never quite loved that one no. either. I, I would say it's on par with that, nowhere near Spider-Man Two, which is which remains one of my favorite superhero movies of yeah. all time. Certainly, top five superhero movies
0: for me. Um, go ahead. Yeah, it's I. I probably go uh, C plus B minus B minus when I'm feeling generous. Which, incidentally, the more I think about the movie, the less generous I feel. Um, it's. Uh, I thought Andrew Garfield was solid. I really liked his performance. I thought he was very in the moment. He more, was that. more so than I was than I've come to expect from superhero movies.
1: Do you know? Is he a method guy? Because I kind of got the impression. He I got might the be.
0: impression that he. I. I this is going to sound a little weird. I get a James Dean vibe from him. I can see it. Uh, from time to time. And like, especially in that, like there is some like rebel without a cause type acting and I don't necessarily mean melodramatic, but just like, no, but they, he's
1: but, there. But you're also paying, uh, putting, uh, your finger on what I think is one of the biggest problems. Probably the biggest problem with the Peter Parker character mm-hmm. is that where Andrew Garfield falls short for me is in the humor. Mm. I think he's very good at being the sort of, um, uh, arrogant and self-righteous and kind of bratty teenager. And mm-hmm. I like that the movie steered into that so much, yes. you know, that he, you really see how he is difficult on uncle Ben and aunt may. It, it's his, it's not easy for them to be raising him. He's, uh, he's trouble in the way that a lot of teenagers, yeah, in, a, in a way I certainly recognized from my own teenagedom. Yes. um, you know, just petulant and so overly, uh, confident in uh not in the way that like a jock is confident so not socially confident yeah but so sure of themselves to the point of arrogance yeah and i mean to me the the maybe the biggest arc of for peter parker in, in Amazing amazing man is um him coming to understand the ways in which his actions have consequences for people, people other than himself yeah i think that's a the big thing he has to learn um so i did like that but when it comes to him quipping which is a staple of of spider-man i just don't think he uh he sold it i'm not sure it was even on the page that much but toby Maguire
0: sold that i think a little little bit better well and there was i i don't even remember a lot of like literal quips in the uh, sam raimi series this one they really did try to have it uh and right. i think it worked as well as it was going to work but
1: he, like maybe it's just it hit a pet peeve with me when the this isn't really a spoiler. Um, one of the like petty criminals he stops like asks him, "Are you a cop?" And he says, "Seriously, you think I'm a cop?" And I hate "seriously" as a punchline.
0: It is things like "seriously" and "really." Yeah, are are played out. I'm trying to think what like what an alternative would be like, but oh well. Yeah, uh, I don't know. To be, maybe be sarcastic and say yes. Yes, I'm an officer. Yes. We're we're going in a new direction.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right there, that was funny to me than just seriously. Yeah. Because it's old. Um, But, uh, you know, I keep, like, when I'm talking about it, comparing it to Sam Raimi's first film, but I actually didn't find myself, to the film's credit, didn't find myself in the moment thinking about 2002 Spider-Man. Yeah, no, only afterwards did I think about it. Uh, The only time I thought about it in the moment was that I think... And this isn't a reflection of saying one
0: actor's better than the other, but I liked Uncle Ben in this movie more. Simply because there's well, more of him. Yeah, you, you're given a lot more time to them. And also, quite frankly, as much as I liked, I thought Cliff Robertson did a good job, we we also have, when I say we, I mean you and me, specifically because of West Wing, but also uh, culture in general, we have a more of an association with Martin Sheen than Cliff Robertson.
1: Yeah, he, Martin Sheen, probably because of uh, his years as Jed Bartlett, is the kind of the guy who, if he said to me that he wasn't angry at me, he was just disappointed, I would feel awful. Oh, yeah. I do not want
0: to let down Martin Jean. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> can you be angry with me? <laughs> right, I'd yeah. much rather prefer that. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, and so the thing that got me more than anything else um, is, like, uh, it needs, like, three more scenes. And those scenes need to be filled with transition of Kurt Connors into The Lizard because right. he goes wha- from
1: being a pretty decent if you know there are there are there are hints that he might be corruptible that he's got yeah. some sort of um uh but no
0: more corruptible than anybody uh, else but, but
1: because of his missing arm he's got this sort of uh, inferiority yeah. complex that you see hints of uh and I, so i liked the way they were setting him up uh but then yeah he becomes now he doesn't just go bad he goes mega comic book villain yeah. like uh, like dastardly planned bad one scene to the next
0: uh, yeah i would have understood like if it turned if it turned into just literally a, a jekyll and hyde thing where he was so invigorated to have his arm and to for the first time ever feel physically superior to somebody and he just and it becomes a drug and he just starts doing that and then but as the lizard he becomes a danger to people around him that's a perfectly fine thing but he goes to straight up mad scientist who's gonna like Put a gas, you know, spray a gas all over the city, and just like, oh, sorry, (laughs) who gives a shit? I mean, you know what? Here is the thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about the spoiler aspect of that, but at the same time, like, I actually want. I I was thinking of writing a BP thing. Like all these, even the good ones, even the good uh, superhero movies. It's just like the the dastardly scheme. It's all basically the same, right? Yeah. Batman Begins, gas in the city. No, Batman. Gas in the city, X-Men, it's not a gas, but he's going to spread something out from the Statue of Liberty that affects everybody. Like, it, 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 Batman Returns, all these penguins are going to blow up Gotham City. It's just, it's it, it's basically interchangeable to the point yeah, of, that's who, true. of who gives a shit.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's and true. so... But, but I know, here's the thing. I am not someone who cares about spoilers, but I know and respect that a lot of our audiences, so I'm careful about it. Um, and I don't, when I write reviews, I don't write spoilers... Not as a matter of philosophy, but just because I don't really do plot, I, I do I maybe mean, yeah. a paragraph of sort of plot, a premise recap, not even plot recap. I yeah, I'll,
0: I'll it's like here's the basic thing you need to know. <laughs> now let's get back to me. And yeah, my right. And I, um, yeah. So I I apologize if I if I was uh, spoilery about it, but that's the thing is I think so little of that it seems so generally inconsequential mm-hmm. that it didn't even occur to me that it was a spoiler. Because it's like, well, the villain had to have some half-assed idea, so this is what this one is. Right? Uh, but that's just me. But like, but he goes from, but the point is, like, he goes from gen- fairly decent guy to complete mad scientist with no real transition in between. And they really could have allowed him some emotions of like, oh my gosh, my, I've got my arm back, but it's this. Is it worth it? And just, and I mean, can you think of like he? he's this lizard guy and he's now physically empowered and he, at the very least he's got his arm, but he's also much more than that. Like I want to see a scene of him going back and then he loses his arm again. And just, just emotionally what that would be like to feel so physically empowered and then just go back to what you are. Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of potential there that they did not tap. Instead he just became a pretty generic villain.
1: I agree. Um, let's go back to comic con, but a a couple things I want to mention. Uh, Irfan Khan is in this movie, which I didn't know. And he's great up until he disappears. Who is that? Uh, he's the, um, he's the Indian guy. He was in Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, yes, yes. And, and he was in The Namesake, which I know not a lot of people saw. Uh, but it's pretty good. I'm a big fan of Nair in general. Mm-hmm. Um, even Vanity Fair, I kind of apologize for in a lot of ways. But, um, yeah, Irfan Khan is great. Um, uh, but he's kind of... <laughs> only in the first half of this movie and Mm -hmm. plot line isn't really resolved. I feel like it's maybe going to be something that's in the trilogy or whatever, you know, which I kind of hate. Uh, also Dennis Leary. I liked him a lot.
0: Yeah. Good performance. And I especially like that. They use his character to explore certain themes that it's just like, yeah, this guy is, a he's not a, he's not fighting for justice. Like he's going after these petty criminals. They all look the same. They all do the same thing. Okay. And just like you, like, because in in any in almost any superhero movie there will be the briefest of discussions about being a vigilante and We've and everyone's about it. yeah and everyone's just like yeah but come on it's fine
1: yeah and th- Whereas this is this, i agree, let's yeah to enter on a positive note this actually had a good sort of dissection of of that trope yeah. you know it's it was not it's not, brief, just, it's not it's not just that he's working outside the law and then yeah. that in and of itself is bad it's that he is working for selfish purposes and yes. that's what i'm talking about part of his his journey of uh, yeah. uh,
0: of caring about and other people he, and he to him it's just like well it's a criminal off the, it's a criminal being handed over to the police isn't isn't that fine it's like yeah but you're not notice, you have a huge blind spot here as far as what you want to accomplish you don't give a shit that it's a criminal off the street you are only after them like that's incidental Right, you want yeah. this other thing, and the fact that they addressed it and that they gave it to that character who sort of emerges as a father figure, like it's—I I was very excited that they did that. Yeah, and I thought Dennis Leary was good. I like—I yeah, I like him as an too. actor, even even though I don't
1: like him as a comedian like I did when I was in middle school. Yeah, like we all did when we were in middle school. Yeah. Um, oh, but to go back to a negative note, C. Thomas Howell is in this movie. Yeah, in for some a reason. weird role that. Is one of the cornier things. To for me. I did not like that whole. They, they always plot ex- that whole I don't D know. plot or whatever. And,
0: and I, I guess Batman explored it a little bit, Dark Knight a little bit, but like the Spider Man, the other Spider Man movies, dude, that just this some this weird thing where they just have to show New Yorkers working together or like city dwellers working together. I guess to show that they're for our hero.
1: Yeah, but I don't know that it had any. I mean, I think you're right. There, you're saying more about it than it actually possibly yes. actually had. It's um, more just like I think the, it was Deus Deus just for uh, yeah, it, yeah. This is I won't say it in any specifics because that would be a spoiler. But I think it's just for that moment at the end, toward the end, um, that involves C. Thomas Howell's character. That I will say, out of context, was a cool sequence. It was yes, but yeah, the getting there was a little rough. Yeah. All right, let's go back to Comic Con. Yeah. Friday. Um, I'm going to talk about some TV stuff for the morning uh adult swim stuff i went to the venture brothers panel which is a show that i have barely watched any of and i keep thinking i need to watch more and this panel made me think i need to watch more Mm -hmm. because jackson public and doc hammer seem like uh, a couple of cool guys um uh and not sure what else to say except for the only bad thing it was in some ways it was my worst panel at comic-con because the guy next to me fucking stank and it's the first panel of the morning. So this guy, I don't know, like, it's not like he worked up a stink throughout the day. Yeah. It's 11 a.m. It's the first thing in, in the Indigo Ballroom that morning, and he just
0: reeked. La- uh, the last time I went, and this time around, it just, there there is there is an unfortunate stereotype about nerds that they're just not very, you know, clean and all that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And, and by and large, I'd say that's not true. But every once in a while, you'll pass somebody in a hall, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> whoa yeah. easy there pig pen um
1: <laughs> but the thing is like this guy didn't look dirty i think he'd probably i don't know i mean he had looked like he had clean clothes on i bet he just hadn't showered in days yeah it was gross no and it kind of ruined but luckily he moved after that and i stayed through the uh ntsf colon sd colon suv colon colon oh boy uh do you know that show that's paul shears uh oh okay yes um the title makes it sound like a CSI slash law and order spoof, but it's more of a 24 spoof. Okay. Um, and I've barely watched, uh, any of it, but it was kind of a fun panel cause it's fun guys. And then the thing that I was really into the Indigo ballroom to see was the children's hospital panel, which tied for science of science fiction for my favorite panel at comic con this year. Okay. And, um, and because it's just the cast of children's hospital who are awesome uh, minus Megan Mullally, though. She was not there, which was kind of a bummer hmm. for me. Um, uh, and also no Malin Ackerman. Um,
0: but I, I, I like her on that show. You know what? I've, I think I've only seen her in Watchmen, but from what I hear, she's great in everything else. Yeah, she was great in The Comeback,
1: the Elisa okay. Kuro, which is that's what I first knew her from. Mm. Um, and yeah, she's uh, I, I, I like her on, on Children's Hospital. But they showed an episode, and all these funny people henry winkler is it just it just seems so cool and so nice and he had one of my favorite like things that a panelist said like during the Q and A. this woman walked up and said my questions for henry winkler and he grabbed his mic and stood at, like stood up and stood at attention and she said um you're my mom's favorite actor of all time and before before she could even get the sentence out he was like i understand <laughs> <laughs> he's, anyway. he's a delight yeah he's such a cool guy um, they showed an episode but they also showed the thing I want to talk about was um, oh okay so they showed the episode and then Rob Corddry introduced everyone to the strains of Jump by Van Halen Okay, just like introducing like they were coming out of, like as a basketball team or something everyone sort of came right. out all pumped up and, and everything that was fun uh, but the thing they showed before the episode a little promo they'd made For season four that uh, I hope you can find online. Um, But here's what it is. And you have to see it to really get how beautiful and hilarious and how up my alley it is. Mm -hmm. I think I told you about it. Yes. Yes. Uh, It starts off as a PSA with Rob Gorge's character for a blood drive you know he's talking to the camera and, and behind him is other members of the cast drawing blood from extras you know uh patients within the thing um and as he's earnestly talking to the camera rob hubel finishes up one person's blood draw behind him and bags that him was carrying the bag and as he walks by he playfully squirts rob cordry with some blood <laughs> and Rob course is like oh, stop you know <laughs> and he comes and then it's, it's like starts talking then rob, rob hubel like uh, pokes his head back in and does it again and he's like all right you're gonna get it <laughs> and of course he turns around and grabs the 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 thing that you know the pipe or whatever the yeah. hose out of a patient's arm and starts spraying <laughs> Rob Ewell with with all this blood and then everyone else in the cast sort of gets into it and it goes into slow motion and there's this awesome like really pretty sort of like tinkly guitar music and they're all sort of it goes like super slow motion. They're all just splashing around in the blood and, and, and shooting each other. It's like this great water gun, water balloon Mm -hmm. fight, except everyone's covered in blood. (laughs) And it was, uh, it was the most amazing thing. And so up my alley, because the thing is, it's not just that it was really gruesome. Mm -hmm. It's that it was filmed and edited so beautifully. Like there are all these super slow-mo shots of just the like globules of blood going through the air that's awesome it, it's it's so great I, I, it's I don't know if it's available online the, it's yet it's not unlike
0: but. the comedy video from several years ago of Jimmy Pardo and Todd Glass having a gasoline fight right which was I know people think that that was ripped off from Zoolander
1: oh but it's actually kind of the other way around it's a bit of a point of contention actually oh okay with those guys as I
0: understand interesting um and, having never seen Zoolander I didn't know which came you know I didn't even know that was a thing
1: yeah, well, I, it, it's a it's a tricky thing, because Zoolander came out first, but that had been in that
0: Todd Glass thing. Oh, that's right, yes. It's Todd's coma. I Todd's was, coma yeah. since before Zoolander. All right. I don't like it. Anyway. Um, um, okay, so what else did you do on Friday?
1: Uh, then I had some lunch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I did not like that. <laughs> oh, uh, that's me. D- okay, I have to tell you about... I'm skipping ahead to Sunday. Okay. But the woman next to me on the train home spent the like half the train this was the most typical socal sorority girl in the world just uh just horrifying and she spent the entire like or half the trip on her phone talking to her friend about her weekend and how she's like she's like honestly i totally blacked out last night i don't even i woke up i had all these guys texting me and i didn't put the numbers in, in, in my in my phone anyway it was stuff like that but the main story of this was that there was this guy who, for weeks, she's been texting with, you know. um, uh, It's been playful, and we've hung out a few times, but I I don't care. I didn't think anything of it. And he, like, he would text me things like, hey, gorgeous, you know, the kind of text that any girl should get. I think she said. And then, apparently, they were at this party on Friday night, and the whole time she's talking, he's texting with other girls. And she was like, are you serious right now? (laughs) <laughs> the number of times she said, I was like, are you serious right now? If it were a drinking game, I, I could have finished a six pack. It was so many times. And then the topper, the thing that made me laugh out loud was her saying to her friend on the phone, I wish you were there. You probably would have died.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, here's the thing that gets me is, you know, there's some, some her story is, does not check out because, in her opinion, every girl should get a text like that, like right. "Hey, gorgeous." He's doing his part. Yeah, this is the guy. He's trying to make sure that every girl gets right. a text like that. I mean, by her own admission, she didn't even care. She, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Have you David? Watched... We have to do a whole episode like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, have you watched that Californian sketch? The SNL Calif- There's two of them, I guess. No, I don't think so. It's just them doing really exaggerated versions of the California accent and it's like Fred Armisen saying things like, what are you doing here? (laughs) And it really cracks me up. I have to admit, but ever since I watched it, obviously, like I said, it's really exaggerated, exaggerated, but ever since I watched those, I noticed that accent Mm -hmm. so much more. Um, anyway, uh, that girl was awful, but also hilarious. Uh, Tyler, I wish you had been there. You probably would have died. There's no question about (laughs) it. (laughs) Anyway. So yeah, after I had some lunch, on friday this is the yeah the only real big movie like comic-con movie thing mm-hmm. would be friday afternoon where i got I, I didn't get in in there in time to see any footage from resident evil retribution but um you guys don't care anyway <laughs> uh would say that's about right here's the only thing i had to say about resident evil the resident evil series okay yeah no the first one's just called resident evil yes it is but with the preceding three this one is the fifth one mm-hmm. retribution is the fifth resident evil movie man, oh man but with the the three in between they're sort of subtitles because they're not, they're not called two three and four right they have little subtitles they were telling kind of a narrative with just the subtitles alone the second one was resident evil apocalypse mm-hmm. the third one was Res- resident evil extinction okay uh the fourth one was resident evil afterlife Okay. So, you're clearly telling <laughs> yeah, a story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, Resident Evil Retribution? That doesn't fit. Why not Resurrection? Especially since the biggest, like, sort of talking point press thing about this movie is that they're bringing back characters who have died in the previous films. Michelle Rodriguez, who, y- you saw the first film, right? Yes. She di- She was dead at the end of the first film. She Spoiler sure was. for Resident <laughs> Evil. She was dead. She's in this new one. Hmm. I don't know how they're explaining it. I also don't care, because I'm not going to watch... I mean, they, clearly they,
0: it should have been Resurrection, right? Yes, that's like, what I'm saying. Because and and that, that, that obviously... But you know what? Here's the, maybe, maybe they decided to leave out a step. It's like, well, look, it goes without saying they're going to be resurrected. But guess what? Retribution. But the thing is, they're the resurrection
1: back. is taking place in this one. You've got dead characters coming back.
0: So this one has to be Resurrection, then number six has to be Retribution.
1: Uh, I, I guess. I don't know. What comes after Resurrection.
0: I don't know. Yeah. I wish I could oh. come up with something. Ascension. That's oh, man. Yeah, I guess now we're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just, yeah it, the whole thing is a Christian allegory. Yeah, it Didn't you be, know that?
1: should be Resurrection and then Ascension. <laughs> um, salvation could be in there somewhere. And then the final one, the seventh film, uh, would be, uh, yeah, Salvation or Judgment Day or something like that. I guess T2 is already Judgment Day.
0: And Salvation. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: right. I <laughs> forgot about that. All right. Uh, so... That's all about Resident Evil. The stuff I actually want to talk about is Len Weissman's Total Recall remake, um, which was the most... I, Did I don't you want see re- that
0: Friday or Saturday? I thought that was... That was
1: Friday. Oh, okay. I didn't get into Hall H at all on Saturday. Okay. Spoiler alert for my Saturday recap. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I try to be positive about Comic-Con, generally. I try to keep it posy. Mm-hmm. we were talking about SDCC. Um, but I found myself being very annoyed with the total recall panel okay. because now I'm not saying that all remakes are are necessarily uh you know devoid of merit right but it is you know sometimes it is questionable why you're remaking you know something is it i mean it's uh, the chief reason something is remade is because it's an existing property that people are aware of. And it's easier to yeah. get people into the theater to see, to see something they already know they like mm-hmm. than to convince them to go see a new thing. Um, and that seems to be the overriding reason for remaking total recall. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Len Wiseman, I, I, not a filmmaker I like, I, well, I guess I only saw the first underworld movie and that's, all that's in. enough. Yeah, that's enough to know that I don't don't like him. Um, uh, I no, I didn't like that movie. You know, people can surprise you. Um, I didn't like David Fincher for a long time, uh, and now I actually look forward to new films from David Fincher. Mm-hmm. Um, so, maybe maybe Total Recall will be Glenn Weissman's Zodiac, <laughs> but uh, that kind of—I mean—I was being glib there, but that kind of line of questioning from the Q and A's, obviously the moderator has to do his part, but the Q and A people just like, what drew you to this role? Blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, what did you, uh, what sort of story are you telling? Is that, what is this about? Is it about, and 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 it's like, it's like, it's like, this is not the kind of thought that went into a movie like this. And, and it would be obviously completely impolitic of, the cast and, and director up there on the stage to be honest about, um, Oh, we did this cause they gave us a lot of money to do it. And it'll probably make a lot of money,
0: <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, and, or they could say it's like this, I'm a big fan of the original and this sounded like fun.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That That's a perfectly least, reasonable but, thing. But to like say. asking them to pontificate on the artistry of their choices and, and what was artistically creatively fulfilling to them about this character is, a waste of all our time.
0: Now, okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate Okey-doke. here for a moment because I always complain about Comic-Con being just so much about selling and just mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. A question like that, now admittedly, for the Len Wiseman Total Recall, yes, it seems silly. So I'll, I'm, I'm with you on that. But it's not a terrible instinct to try to ask a more substantial question, you, even if it's in a Hall H, even if it's in a, a movie that, you know, whatever. Uh, any, it, by Len Wiseman, like it's a perfectly reasonable question. Um, and just because it's that, it's that kind of movie, that doesn't mean you stop asking those questions, but it also, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Cause I wasn't there, but uh, part of me might feel uh, like you're asking, like you can ask that question along with the other ones, you know, like, yeah, no,
1: yeah, I think, you're right in spirit. In execution it was st- still annoying. And I don't blame the pe- the the people asking the questions. It was just annoying because I'd, I have no interest in this movie whatsoever. But speaking of substantial questions, I wasn't there for the glee panel on mm-hmm. uh uh on Saturday um uh in in the Indigo Ballroom, but uh i previously mentioned uh, getting to meet and talk with Dave gonzalez Dave with the 7 from the Operation P- keynote podcast and he was telling me about one of the questions for glee was about basically the idea that like um like glee prides itself on being so diverse but really just has a bunch of characters of different like ethnicities but doesn't actually explore them and someone asked are you going to do anything with your jewish characters other than make it a joke that they're jewish no it's actually asked asked them that that's awesome that's great bravo for that person how what do you know what the
0: response was
1: um i don't know um i'm sure uh, talks about it on his podcast and okay. his write-ups.
0: Yeah, but that's that to me, like that's a real dialogue. Yeah, and that's you know? and that's yeah. as you know, I hate Q and A's, and that's the thing. But you when know, somebody says something ballsy, it's very exciting.
1: And I I know it's a minor distinction to a lot of people, but the people who are vetting, screening the questions. Um, are not representatives of the studio. They're representatives of Comic Con, so that's okay. why you can get away with questions like that. Okay, and that is the. It's. A, I know it's a thin line. That people, people who have this complaint about the marketing thing, but it is still. I still keep coming back to this idea that Comic Con is a is a nonprofit that has a good. Um. Uh,
0: it's it's a it's a good mission. I think that, I think it's a it's. I agree with everything you just said, but I also think like it's it's an inherently flawed model because it being a nonprofit means that if a studio, do, do studios like give them money for this thing? Like um, for a panel? I don't know. I doubt it. I don't know. I mean, it, it else, it, it, I, yeah, I, like, I, I shouldn't even say I doubt it cause I don't know. Okay. But my guess would be no. Okay. I guess it just, when, when you're not like making any money, can you, I'm sure it makes some money, but when it's not, a, when it's nonprofit, like, can you be discerning then? Can you be exclusive? Can you be, can you say like, you know what? I, I don't want to have a judge dread thing. No, but I don't think they should do that necessarily either. I don't know. It's, it's a weird, like, for example, like wh- why the hell do they have a glee panel? To well, a certain extent, why do they have a Dexter panel?
1: Well, uh, um, both those things are very well attended. So I guess that's why. Right. And so like, Uh, yeah, I don't think I, I, I I understand a lot of uh, the complaints and I have my own complaints about some of my experiences at Comic-Con. I talk about the long lines. I talk about these bullshit answers from the makers of the total recall remake, Mm -hmm. but I'm also always very careful to make it clear that I have pretty much no beef with comic-con itself with with the people who put on the convention and who are nice enough to let me come for free every year um i i i don't really have any problems with with them so i it's and it's a thin line but i think it's worth worth mentioning all right um does comic-con assign the moderator
0: i don't think so i think that's uh, what it needs to be problem solved it's like all right you can come and promote your movie. Yeah. We'll ask the questions around here. Maybe. I don't know. they got enough to worry about, though. Yeah. Um, all right. I'll send them a letter. Okay. Uh,
1: after that was a thing, movie-wise, that I am leaving the con most excited about. Okay. Uh, I mentioned Brothers Bloom a while back. Way yeah. back at the beginning. This is a long episode. Um,
0: we thought this would be short. No, uh, no, no. We said let's try to keep this short. right. Yeah, there's a, a huge difference.
1: Uh, director Ryan Johnson came with his new film, and that with, with some you know some footage from his new film, Looper, mm-hmm. uh, which I was interested in based on the premise and the cast. Yeah, it's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Bruce Willis, Jeff Daniels, and Emily Blunt. Of that, it was just Ryan Johnson, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Emily Blunt
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, at the panel, um, but it was it, I. I hesitate. You know, I have to use some caution because, you know, last year I saw the panel for Haywire, Steven Soderbergh film. Yeah. And they showed a completed fight scene, uncut. Mm. What what Looper showed was essentially a very long extended Red Band trailer. Okay. Uh, You know, so it was more footage than you get in a trailer. But I feel like I can't really get a sense of whether a film's good or not unless i'm seeing uh, a whole scene really mm-hmm. with you know with haywire the year before that with super i saw whole scenes and that definitely that definitely gives me more of an opinion of how a movie is gonna although gonna you change. never saw super did you i never did get around <laughs> i think to you'll it. like it i'm sure i would yeah i like james gunn a lot um but that aside that uh, i wish you know i'm really wishing we could have seen a whole whole scene that aside uh this does look like cool stuff um it looks like it's not, it's, and Ryan Johnson even talked about this, it's not, it's not really a time travel movie. It has time travel as it's sort of set up. Mm-hmm. The premise of the movie, for those who don't know, do you know? Uh,
0: yes, that uh, in the, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt lives in our present. Well, it, he lives even in a, a little bit of the future. Okay. But he lives
1: in the film's present. Yeah. Uh, And then 30 years beyond that, time travel has been invented, but it's not really used. It's heavily controlled, like in Time Cop. Mm -hmm. But apparently, the mafia has some access to some time travel thing, and when they want to get rid of a body, because I guess body identification is so advanced 30 years in the future that it's Mm. hard to dispose of anyone, they send them back in time, Joseph Gordon-Levitt kills them and incinerates the body, you know, 30 years before. Um, And then one day he's sent someone to kill that turns out to be him in 30 years. Yeah. Played by Bruce Willis. And that's the story. Um, although it's more interesting, I mean, that, my guess based on that would be that, oh, they must team up. But no,
0: he's still kind of trying to kill him. And, and that, I think that is... That's what's exciting about it. Yeah. Is that like, that he's committed to this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And just, and, and the time travel aspect makes it really interesting because it's just like, I'll kill the older me if it means I'm gonna live well for the next uh Yeah, yeah. I I know how I'm gonna die. (laughs) Right, yeah. You know? And uh and hey, maybe then I'll uh I'll try to change things. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know? Um
1: anyway, so yeah, it it looks super cool. Um I love Emily Blunt in everything. Mm -hmm. And she said I know people tend to uh um be hyperbolic at, at Comic-Con, and we'll get to that with Jodie Foster in a second. Okay. Uh, but Emily Blunt said that Looper is um, the best thing she's ever been involved in.
2: Hmm. Um,
1: which, I guess, if you know if you look at a lot of her filmography, even in films where she's great, I mean, obviously, I think there's a pretty good chance Looper's going to be better than the Adjustment Bureau. Even though she's great in it. She is quite good, yes. I always say about that film, like, I want to see just the romantic comedy with Matt Damon and Emily Blunt. Yeah. All the, like spiritual mystical sci-fi shit is what dragged that movie down when it was just them on screen together they had fantastic chemistry and i would i would just watch that movie
0: i just wish that they had like yes it seems like two separate movies mm-hmm. both of them are interesting but somehow you put them together and i've lost interest uh-huh. um because i like all the sci-fi stuff and the ideas mm-hmm. behind it and i like terrence stamp in it, and i like uh damn john slattery good, john slattery i think he's great like you know anthony mackie i think is not
1: great i think either. he's a great actor but he's not good in that in that movie
0: not good in that movie
1: and i actually think it's i don't know this is a spoiler for adjustment bureau but it's weird that like john slattery's character is in the first half and then terence stamp is in the second half and they don't really overlap and it seems like i don't know obviously i'm not a professional screenwriter mm-hmm. but it seems to me maybe you do something you gel those two characters so you've got something consistent because it's weird to have a character disappear halfway through and another character be introduced halfway through when their purpose is so similar. Yeah. Anyway, that's okay, not the point. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, Looper looks great. Next movie, okay. Elysium, Neil Blomkamp's follow-up to District 9, which you and I both have are pretty much on the same
0: page about. I think it, I think it was in my top ten that year. Okay, you liked it more it was, than I did, but I think, think. it was probably pretty low. Mm-hmm. um So you did like it more than I did because yeah. um, I didn't put it in my top top ten. But and that's the thing: is just because something's in my top ten doesn't necessarily mean I love it. It might just be. It might just mean that like I only saw nine movies I liked more, uh-huh, you know, or right. something like that.
1: Yeah. What was two thousand nine? Avatar, which I liked and you didn't. Coraline.
0: Right. I like I like Coraline. What else is two thousand nine? In the loop. In the loop hurt locker yeah. sort of for me hurt locker um the hangover hangover yeah um i uh well oh shoot uh the white ribbon i love the white ribbon oh. so all right um
1: so district nine i like i essentially we've talked about it i essentially like the first two acts and then the third act becomes a video game and the character loses his character and humanity yeah. and um and then i guess it it Ends where it should end, but it has kind of it kind of lost me by that point. Yeah, um,
0: uh, it just became quite loud and showy. Um, yeah. It stopped being the movie that it was. Yeah, the movie that was fun and exciting, and and, I was and intellectually engaging. Yeah, which and, I, can, and, I know
1: yeah. to some people that sounds like I'm saying that sounds. Bo- I know we've talked about it before that if we talk about something being intellectually stimulating, that makes it sound boring. But that's part of the fun for me, and I think for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not saying that it's dry just because I'm thinking of, of other things
0: like thinking yeah. it's making me think about things that's good that it's stimulating my brain and just with this uh, and just with a character that we like and that we haven't really seen before and, and putting him, I don't know if like like because he's well, not a good just, person we sympathize with yeah yeah uh, but like it's I can, I can really only compare it to like this is going to sound strange Pirates of the Caribbean uh huh that movie is Johnny Depp and that the way the character's written, but specifically how he's played. That's why that movie is interesting. That and uh, Jeffrey Rush, and, and the story's kind of fun, but whatever. Like if that character wasn't in it and you could remove it, you could sort of remove him. If that character wasn't in it. Yeah. People forget Jack Sparrow is not the lead of, Pirates, of the, for not, the first Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean movie. And so like, but that's, he's the reason there are three more of them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm convinced of that. And just like, but they knew what to do with his character and that's why and i feel like it's the same with district 9 it's a perfectly fine film but the the stroke of genius is having this somewhat oblivious but still kind of lovable bureaucrat being our lead he's not a military man he's not a he's not a straight civilian either yeah like he is an instrument of oppression but doesn't know that and doesn't think of it that way and so and then it's his about his awakening and then he gets in this robot shoot, suit and it turns into freaking, you know, uh, yeah, Duke Nukem okay. or something like that.
1: I was going to say, I'm not
0: nerdy He's enough not to know. He's not in a robot. I get it.
1: I'm not enough of a video game nerd to know the references you were but searching It's like
0: a, a, any first person shooter. Like it just, it but turns there, into there are like games and
1: anime things where people are inside robot suits. Yes. Duke they, Nukem is not one of them. So. And, and we could have referenced one of them, but that is a blind spot for both of us, I think, whatever yeah. those things are called.
0: I get they're not they're not robot suits in Halo. They're like armor. Yeah, it's, it's played robot Roboty.
1: Yeah, but speaking of Halo, that's going to get me into Elysium. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, not only because Neil Blomkamp was supposed to make the Halo movie mm-hmm. and that fell through, but also because Elysium, the titular thing, is a Halo type planet thing. Okay. It's um, uh, it, it takes place in the year 25- twenty one, fifty two. And the, I guess, the one percenters, if you will, Mm -hmm. have all left Earth. And they live on this um, perfectly controlled halo-type space station planet thing in the sky Mm -hmm. called Elysium. And everything is perfect for them all the time and beautiful. And uh, there's no sickness. They can cure cancer up there. They can do all... uh, Everything's perfect Mm -hmm. for these rich people. Uh, The rest of the world lives on earth producing i guess the goods that um the people on elysium make and and stuff Mm -hmm. like that um so nuanced social commentary here
0: oh absolutely (laughs) um certainly nothing that uh, hasn't been covered by say hg wells or anything (laughs) like that
1: um so uh matt damon plays a an ex-con who was on parole and working in sort of a factory type thing. And he becomes due to a workplace accident. Snafu. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, he becomes horribly sick with radiation poisoning and has about five days to live. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said snafu. And so he's going and He, so, but he knows up on Elysium, they can cure what's wrong with him. Okay. It's not easy for someone like Matt Damon to get up to Elysium. So he goes back to his criminal ways To pull sort of it's sort of a one last heist type of thing involving William Fichtner, by the way. Hey, all right, who was not at the panel, unfortunately. Um, He should be at every panel. Yeah, he wasn't at uh, a a couple years ago. I because I was there to see Super, ended up at the Drive Angry 3D panel. Mm -hmm. No, William Fichtner. Man, this guy's got to get on board. I I just that guy's so awesome. Anyway, um, and so that's kind of the 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 premise. I mean, uh, I'm kind of being you know, glib here that yeah, I I I refer to it as Nuanced Social Commentary. It's essentially the ex criminal pull's one last heist uh thing that we've seen a, a gazillion times. Um but there are a thing a lot of things about the look of it mm-hmm. uh that I like. It looks um, and they, there was most of the things that they talked about in the panel were how unpleasant the sh- shooting, uh, situations were for the earthbound stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause they were shooting in like the world's largest garbage dump outside Mexico city. Oh, that's neat. And that it was like, uh, horribly like just particles in the air, like fecal matter, you know, like it was, uh, really gross. And I'm glad that they were all dedicated to doing that cause it looks awesome. Yeah. It, it really does look cool. Um, and the other thing I'm interested in, um, is Charlton Copley, the star of District Nine. Um, he plays sort of, I guess, the, like, uh, um, well, our friend Ryan Gallagher compared him to, um, Chibotel character in Serenity. Oh, nice. Sort of the guy who's sent after them who is a total, like, almost unstoppable badass. Yeah. Um, and he is... I would describe him as some sort of high tech hobo samurai assassin. Oh, nice. And, uh, like he actually has a samurai sword, but he also has his high tech, uh, other high tech things that he can use, such as the ability to, like, clasp his hands together with a thing and create a force field around himself. Oh. And also, um, ninja stars or like that that he throws into people and then they explode nice which is cool but then it gets back to the district nine thing of neil blomkamp's apparent obsession with human bodies just liquefying yeah and uh like i mean within the seven minutes of footage they showed there were at least two of those maybe
0: three yeah when movie number three comes along (laughs) if that's got more of that like i think people can start thinking uh, start applying the word like fetish yeah to it like quentin tarantino with feet yeah yeah like but and but i'm always a little uh a little leery or a little wary of uh like violence fetishists you yeah know? yeah but uh
1: uh so uh I, I don't know what else to say about that except that jodie foster was there and she said um two things i was going back to that hi- hyperbolicness mm-hmm. uh of comic-con she said district nine is a perfect movie Okay. She also said uh, and I kind of love this, she said Team America is her favorite movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and I, sorry, I kinda of mumbled that because I was laughing. She said Team America is her favorite movie of all time. Um because of course someone during the Q and A, Matt Damon and Jody Foster Matt Damon was there and did this sort of Matt, Matt Day- Damon <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and uh, yeah, he said that, you know, not didn't even talk about how that's not him, not his voice, and he didn't work on it, but he signs more pictures of that doll and more Team America posters <laughs> than anything else that he's ever been in. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was uh, Friday, and that was the movie stuff that okay. I saw. What did you do Friday?
0: Uh, I just stopped by the uh, park. They were doing a lot of interviews that day, but I also slept in uh, yeah. that day quite a bit. And so... Um so, yeah, I went to, uh, the park there interviewing some cast members from, uh, Hunger Games. Um, various, uh, well, you know what? Uh, never mind. Oh, I don't want to spoil anything. Oh. So, some people that don't make it. I'll say that. But I won't say who they are. People that didn't make it through the first one? Through the first film. Were though. there? They were there. Being oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it was, an, yeah. And so, Because um, I even read the
1: second book, so I don't know. Oh, okay.
0: I, I don't know what happens. Okay. Uh. I've not uh, read the books either, but it's just a. Uh, so, we, but we, were
1: there any of the people who have we, we've been hearing a lot of casting news about 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 a uh, Catching Fire? No, it's all just people. no. Philip Seymour Hoffman. No. No Jenna Malone. No. No Amanda Plummer. No. I think I feel like there are other. I know. Other I, casting I really wanted you out. to just keep going. There are other casting things that have come out, but that's the only one. You know, yeah. Yeah. The only Jennifer Lawrence. Out. Yeah, I've heard she'll, she's going to be in the okay. second one. All I right. liked her. But oddly enough, I not as Katniss. And, yeah, I liked her in X-Men First Class. No, I didn't. Um,
0: I, I did see, uh, incidentally, I did see somebody walking around dressed as uh, Elizabeth Banks' character. Oh, and cool. uh, it was great. I yeah. loved it. Um, but anyway, so I saw that, and uh, I just kind of hung out that day in anticipation of, of course, The Walking Dead escape that night. Right. And uh, so I went to that. Uh-huh. It was at Petco Park. And as I've said on the show, uh, in our preview episode, like I was excited because I just I didn't know how it was going to work, and I just if nothing else, I just wanted to satisfy my curiosity. Like, how are they going to get through this without anybody being punched? That was my big thing. And it's I'll say this: it's it was run really well. Security everywhere, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, a also lot of zombies de- everywhere. Yeah, okay. security zombies, and so. <laughs> There are a lot of different viewing areas and at, that I could go as a spectator and so Could uh, you have to have to settle on one or could you You could go to from one to the other. You could get yourself uh, some food. <laughs> really? You know, some like baseball stadium food, so like really? they have, like nachos and pizza and stuff like that. Um, and they were selling peanuts. I'm like, oh, like in the shell?" I'm like, "Oh, I love peanuts in the shell." I'm like, "Eh, I don't want to just walk around dumping this stuff on the on the ground. Yeah. Um. So I opted not to do that. But the um, zombies
1: don't know how to find you. They follow <laughs> so, the trail.
0: Well, and the the zombies get really close to you. Even and as I, a spectator. Even as a spectator, there's like a little wall, and but they're like, ugh. like they'll like scary and stuff. <laughs> I'm not gonna act it. <laughs> no, I but
2: think. They, you, but you, they did.
0: You, yeah, you got the point across. And so. So, as far as I could tell, like the rules are this. Because I was under the impression that the zombies could not – rightfully so. It's like, well, they can't have the zombies touch the, the quote-unquote survivors. That's what they're called. And so, like, uh, I was wrong. They can touch them. And I think the zombies – because they're all made up and stuff. But I think they've got, like, red stuff on their hands. It's supposed to be like blood. And if the zombie touches you – and I think it's – as far as I could tell, based on, like, smears on people's clothes, it could be on the arms – Was it their regular clothes that they brought? Or were they in... My guess is they were told, hey, your clothes could get messy. So I think people were wearing, like, clothes that they were comfortable with, you know, getting red paint on. Okay. But anyway, as far as I could tell, it was, like, sleeves and on the back. Like, I never saw any handprints on, like, a woman's uh, chest or anything like that. Um, And so... So the idea, I think, is that you want to avoid the zombie touching you... Cause if they touch you, there'll be evidence that they did. And then at the end, there's like a little check-in station. And I saw somebody with like a, a referee shirt on. And so I think what they do is they assess how many red marks you have, or maybe if you have any, and if you don't have any, you survived if, or maybe if you have a certain number, like below a certain number, you survived. If you have above a certain number, then you didn't make it, but you still are able to run the whole race. Uh, it's not a race, but run the whole, the whole course. Um, And so that was really interesting. I, I liked a lot of the, uh, the art direction, the production design. Like, they had, like, you know, shopping carts and, like, boxes and just trash everywhere. It, it looked very post-apocalyptic. Uh, in the, you know, the TVs that they'll have at a stadium uh-huh. for anybody, you know, out getting concessions, they can still watch the game. They had, like, these uh, specially made, like, news broadcasts about the end of the world and stuff. They were piping in music, that kind of weird ethereal music from Night of the Living Dead. And it was just really well conceived. And you were able to see, like, okay, here's clearly the beginning of the course, at which point somebody has to avoid one, maybe two zombies. Mm-hmm. Then you walk over here and you can see the end of the course where there is about 15 to 20 zombies that a person has to navigate through. And it just, it was really neat and exciting. I, I unfortunately, uh, my slot was from seven to nine. I could go in and, and stay there th- that for that long. Uh, I wound up. Only going from like seven to like seven forty five, and then I joined you for dinner. Um, but uh, but Every, I wish that place that was awful. You liked their fries. Their fries were delicious, but uh, yeah, but yes, the place was awful. And Otherwise, so, I didn't have the fries. And so uh, yeah, if you'd had them, you'd be singing a different tune, maybe. But uh, but yeah, and so I I wish that I'd stayed around until after it was dark because I feel like that really because mm. of course they would have you know they would have lit it. But uh, I feel like that would have really changed the dynamic. And there was – in the people playing the zombies, they were committed. Like they didn't break character. They didn't smile. They were just – even when there was nobody running up to them, they still knew people were watching them. Uh And they were just, you know, like they they committed. It's like, okay, my zombie has like – has a hurt leg or something, so that, like that one would drag his leg everywhere he would go. And it was just, it was neat. It was a neat experience, specifically because, not unlike the Tournament of Nerds, it's so specifically Comic Con. Everything uh-huh. about it, it cannot happen anywhere else. Although, tangent, I saw a news story about a guy who wants to reinvigorate the Detroit economy uh-huh by buying up a section of town that that is pretty much totally abandoned and the structures are just crumbling he wants to buy it Amsterdam ba- basically make <laughs> Amsterdam except <laughs> instead of drugs it's people acting like zombies and <laughs> and you can go and like and zombies are so it's so big now uh-huh. that you can go and like get chased by zombies in this post apocalyptic looking thing and like you would need people to like Man the concessions. You need people to act like zombies. Like, not on, you know, unlike, uh... And you need security uh, to keep
1: people from hitting those zombies with a shovel. Absolutely. absolutely. Because you know how many people there are, myself included, who will occasionally pass the time thinking about, what if there were zombies right now and what would I do? Uh, yeah. I I know that there's at least two, you and me. (laughs) Right. Um, well, we know that our our friend Mike Schmidt, the 40-year-old boy, talks about it at great length. Yes. Yes. Um... Yeah, I think if I were like really in a place where I bought into my fantasy, those people might have to watch out. Yeah, Like, if I got a heavy object, I getting brained.
0: Yeah, before they before they you, before yeah. they brain you or debrain you. <laughs> right. But uh, and it's uh, but the, anyway, that I, when I heard that, I'm like, that probably won't happen. But that's kind of awesome. Like, <laughs> I, like I, you know, there's got to be there's something to be said for the eccentric billionaire. You know. And uh, there's not enough of them out there. Um, like a, like somebody needs to build an actual chocolate factory, like a like a rolled doll chocolate factory. Well, but anyway, so that was yeah. that was awesome, and I think probably Tournament of Nerds is my favorite thing. But that was that was uh, another highlight, and it was yeah. everything I wanted it to be.
1: As we round the two hour mark here, let's move into Saturday. Okay. Uh, luckily, I don't have much. I don't really about. either.
0: Um, but because I
1: didn't get into Hall H at all, and I mean, I it was, like, crazy. I learned early enough in the day to not even try to get into Hall H. Yeah. Um, and, like, I would, then I would text people again at, like, 1.30 being, like, you know, did the, the line move at all? Should I should I even try? And it's like, nope. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, didn't see any of that stuff. You can, um, if you want coverage of Hall H, you can check, mm, let me see, anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, a lot of great people um, were, were doing um, reports from Hall H. So, um I did go to a movie panel with some mega star wattage on it. It was uh, Martin Starr. Okay. Speaking of stars, um, Alison Brie, uh, whom the internet loves, uh, and I sound that makes me sound like I don't yeah, love rightfully her. so. I don't watch I don't watch Community, but I love her on um, uh, Mad Men, and she was funny in the Five Year Engagement. So mm. that's yeah, I have no problem with Alison Brie at all. Um, uh, I just don't watch Community, and then. This is the more exciting one for me, Lizzie Kaplan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whom I I love. Speaking of, did you see all the, like, Item 47 things around the uh, gas lamp?
0: There's this thing. Do you know what Item 47 is? Oh, I do, because uh, a friend of mine, uh, Ian, was, I just, who I know from Los Angeles, but he's also from San Diego. I happened to see him on the street. He was helping to run uh, that and gave me, like, a free thing to it but unfortunately it overlapped with my uh, zombie thing and so
1: well so there were these things around the gas lamp. i think there were like three or four of them yeah it's like a scavenger hunt kind of thing yeah they, they basically they would look like they were meant to be like damage from the uh huge fight at the end of the avengers that mm-hmm. like wrecked part of new york city obviously it wasn't san diego but we we're using our imaginations here right um and there were certain spots where there was damage, and there was, like, tape, uh, uh, like, police tape over them that said Item 47. And I think if you, like, found all of them and took your picture with a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent next to mm-hmm. them or something, you got to go to a screening of Item 47, which is a Marvel one-shot. Yeah. Um, which, now I've seen, the one one-shot I've seen, and maybe something I've done, is, have you seen A Funny Thing Happen on the Way to Thor's Hammer? No. Um, it takes place, I guess, in between Iron Man 2 and Thor, when agent colson is driving to new mexico where thor's hammer is yeah. where they end up setting up you've seen thor yes. the big like shield set up there and so it's just a short thing with uh agent colson and it's really cool that's and nice. we should watch it before I leave here tonight it's really cool uh, and I guess there's this new one item 47 where Lizzie Kaplan and another actor playing her boyfriend played New York residents who find an alien weapon left behind after this brawl and start using it to rob banks and stuff that sounds great <laughs> yeah doesn't it anyway so that's that's the item 47 thing but yeah the Lizzie Kaplan Allison Brie Martin star uh, thing that I saw which also stars um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name God ah, damn it! Uh, he's Harrison Ford. Nope. He's uh, Brad Pitt. He's dating Christina Hendricks from Mad Men. He's in that opening scene in Super Troopers. Yeah, uh,
0: I do not remember his name, but I can picture him. Yeah, kind of a wide-eyed guy. Yeah. So it's it's pretty much those
1: four, and it's kind of just a. It's based on a script by a guy who writes comic books, and I think he might have since written a comic book. I've got the notes over there, but we're so near the end that I kind of, yeah. feel like I can d- but it's called save the date and it's coming out in, it's coming out in November or as I think it was Martin Starr who said it comes out the same day as twilight part four, part two. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, it looks like a sort of, yeah, it indie dramedy New York city. I don't know if it was New York. I think it might've been Seattle or mm. Portland or something, but, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, just
0: that bullshit,
1: <laughs> right? No, but it, it seemed fine. It was a fun little panel with 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 fun people, um, and then after that, it was kind of just movie stuff. Oh, I did go to that Ben Edlund. I talked about it in our preview. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went to the Ben Edlund thing, which turned out to be crazy. For those that don't know, Ben
0: Edlund uh, is the creator of The Tick.
1: Yeah, and he also wrote on um, Angel and Firefly, mm-hmm. um, uh, and he writes for Supernatural, which is not a show I watch, but uh, I have watched and is it seems good. Um, but Ben Edlund, so it was supposed to be Ben Edlund, and then do you know who Ben Blacker is from the Thrilling Adventure Hour podcast? No. Ben Blacker was supposed to, Ben Blacker was supposed to be, I guess, the moderator, the person interviewing Ben Edlund, and there's going to be a Q and A or whatever. But then Shadow Stevens was there, okay, and introduced the panel,
0: and then kept asking Shadow him, Stevens from the '80s.
1: Yes, Shadow Stevens from the '80s was there. and kept asking weird questions of Ben Edlin. The final question being, "Ben, is it true that all the questions I've asked you today were written by you beforehand?" <laughs> so that was funny. And then out of nowhere, if you were paying attention to to uh, uh, Friday morning and the Venture Brothers thing, Jackson Public and Doc Hammer showed up. Apparently they're old friends of Ben Edlin's, and Jackson Public sat down and took questions. Doc Hammer sat at the far end of the table and played his bass guitar <laughs> for the entirety of the, of the panel and assigned each of the different panelists a theme. So okay. whenever... Someone was talking, he would switch and play a different theme. Like Peter and the Wolf. Uh, Yeah, very much like Peter and the Wolf. Uh, So that ended up being a crazy and fun panel. One of those cool things that you get to see. See, I feel like I talk like I had a frustrating Comic-Con, but like telling the stories now, I saw so much cool stuff. Yeah. Comic-Con is great. Anyway, um I was mostly frustrated by Sunday because I didn't get to do anything, including go see Friend the Fringe panel. No. Anyway, um, and after that, it was TV stuff. I saw the following pilot, which is um, the new thing from uh, Kevin Williamson starring Kevin Bacon and James Purifoy and Maggie Grace, and I didn't like it. Oh, and also Natalie Z from uh, Justified, and I didn't like it uh, very much. I saw the – oh, I have to tell you another story, the Person of Interest panel. Okay. My favorite – I don't think I've told you this yet. My favorite question anyone asked – Okay. The first question of the Q&A, this guy gets up, he's probably 50, very much nerdy. Okay. Very nerdy, like, really bad posture, sort of, you know. And now you know from these Q&As, the first thing out of the person's mouth is never the question. It's always, so-and-so, I loved you, and and such-and-such. Yes. Some variation on that. This guy did that for everyone on the panel, but not only just that, he would expound upon every single thing. The guy was taking forever, and the crowd... Again, again, generally a positive crowd at Comic Con, but starts grumbling, and eventually people just start shouting out, Ask the question! So he goes, Oh, I'm sorry, sorry starts asking his question, and there's so much crazy setup to his question about the, the history of the show, person of interest, and, and all the different themes they've explored, and it's happening again where he's taking another, like, three minutes. And people start yelling again, and he's like, okay, sorry. So I guess my question is, is your show about what is the nature of God? <laughs> and I think the the feeling in the room was like, oh, come on, that's your question? The feeling in me was trying not to fall out of my chair because it was the funniest fucking thing I heard all
0: weekend. And part of me is, here's the thing, is like, I feel like people shouldn't roll their eyes at that question. What question could you possibly... that's (laughs) That's the only question you could ask at the end of that. Like if it was just like, yeah. what are you gonna? Is there gonna be another season? Like you can't ask that. <laughs> right. It has to literally. You have to start talking about heavenly things. <laughs> yeah. If you if you have like a, an eight minute setup.
1: Uh, yeah. So that was that was my favorite question of the con. And then I saw the pilot for Revolution, which is kind of maybe the biggest deal pilot of, okay. the, of the con. Do you know? Um,
0: I saw some billboards, but now I can't remember. And what there the, uh, was
1: um, by over by the Tin Fish restaurant. There was like a Ferris wheel that had been grown over yes, and stuff. That okay. was okay. Revolution. The idea is the completely uh, weird and untenable idea is that electricity stops working. Okay. Um, which, as <laughs> our friend Rudy O'Bias could not stop pointing out to me over Twitter, like that doesn't make sense. Like the laws of physics in general would just have to stop. Like. It's it's not like everything. You have a blackout and you can't get electricity back. You use right. again. I'm kind of quoting or paraphrasing things. It's something that, that, you harness. That, it's not
0: something. Yes, that, yes, yes okay.
1: exactly. That this is, these are the things that Rudy Bias was saying to me on Twitter. Um, but that's not really the point. So the world loses the electricity um, and can't get it back. And the, and that's at the very beginning. Then it jumps 15 years and people are living kind of like I guess like the old west, except for the living in their suburban houses which everything's sort of grown over and there's no cars or anything anymore They're that's kind of it. neat it, it was cool to look at and it's clearly very expensive um and Jean Carlos Esposito is in it okay um as sort of like the the government has crumbled too and there's like these different sort of kingdoms sort of or or oh. whatever set up and this is like the sort of northern illinois area is where this takes takes place and jackal esposito was sort of the military man who like runs security for this or runs the law for this kingdom or whatever Mm -hmm. and he's a badass and he was the best the best thing in in the show and then they go to chicago and again very expensive they show them like they show like um uh uh state state street um completely overgrown like you know the chicago theater with vines all over the chicago sign and you know uh all kinds of cool looking expensive stuff yeah um and it's kind of like it's like an old west like town where there's like a saloon but it's amidst all these skyscrapers yeah it was kind of cool, but um, John Favreau directed the pilot. Oh, okay. Um, and he introduced, he, yeah, he was pulling double duty because he introduced the pilot and then apparently ran to Hall H to do the Iron Man 3 panel, which were hmm. they were pretty much at the same time. Uh, but he, yeah, he came out and he said, welcome to the Iron Man 3 panel, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, showed the pilot, which, again, looked expensive. The fight choreography was awesome. More swords. I like swords. Yeah, I know you do. Um, but I don't think I'll stick with it. Most of the acting is pretty wooden. Mm. Um, and again, as Rudeo Bias was very quick to point out, the premise is untenable. It, it doesn't make sense. But I mean... It I, is kind of beyond the suspension of disbelief. Is it really it, it, for you as well? If you think about it at all, it... Uh, I mean, I don't know. And maybe they will explain that. Yeah. They will explain how it happened. And they, they would kind of have to give an explanation
0: for me. It's the kind of thing that yeah. would nag at me. Well, I mean, you know, it's not unlike the central idea of, like, children of men or something like that, where it's just like, really, we all just stop being able to physically make children? Like, do we, we all just become sterile? Everyone around the world for no particular reason? Like, But, like, being sterile or being,
1: you know, uh, barren, like, mm-hmm. uh, like, like Holly Hunter in Raising Arizona. Right, yeah. Her insides are a rocky place where his seed can find no purchase. (laughs) Um, That's an actual thing that happens. So you're just kind of extrapolating it. Yeah. I think that's easier
0: to suspend disbelief for than this, which is like... Electricity does not cease to exist. Yeah. If you have the ability to get it, you will always have the ability to get it. Yes. Okay.
1: Um, And then um, that's it. That's the day. That's the con for me since I didn't do anything on Sunday except walk around and buy stuff. All
0: right. Here was... Uh, I I did various uh, things, you know, like dinner and mostly social things. Saturday, here's a little something I did. So, okay. A few things. First off, if you know Comic-Con at all, you know people, that there are people that hold up yellow signs. Okay? And outside the convention center. (laughs) These yellow signs have all kinds of Christian things on them. Uh, you know, some stuff it says, like, Jesus, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Or Jesus loves you. All right. Mm-hmm. Here we go. And then on the flip side, it'll say something about God will punish your sin and, you know, fear God's wrath or something like that. Uh, now, none of it is something that I, strictly speaking, disagree with. Maybe the execution's not the great. methodology. The method is not the best. Yeah. And so... So I just uh, I I just kept seeing them and when I see like how people walk by and they make fun of them and all that I don't necessarily feel bad for them because like what do you expect them to do you are no- And then people You, you up- are not getting anybody if anything you're probably driving them further away
1: Yeah and and people not only make fun of them but actually <laughs> make their own signs that say something like hail cthulhu or yeah. superman died for your sins Yeah uh Galactus is Nigh. I liked that one a lot. I didn't see that one. Yeah, that was delightful. I saw one that said, Ride bikes, praise Satan. (laughs) I don't know what the hell that means. I don't know what that meant, but it made me laugh. Yeah. Uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah, I saw that one as well. And so, But one thing, I was just like, you know, rather than just simply sit and condemn these people, which I probably shouldn't, uh, I've got some more than one lesson postcards in my backpack.
1: You're going to give them some of their own medicine. That's right, you're gonna walk up and proselytize.
0: Uh, well, I guess so, evangelize. I, yeah, I guess so, sure. What I actually did is this. Well, I was I, gonna
1: I, go into the voice of the my most of them were very annoying. The one and they have like yeah. loudspeakers, and one like at the corner of First and Harbor, like actually one day had like a 12 year old kid on the speaker, and that felt like, come on, he's yeah, he's you know, he doesn't need that yet. Yeah, uh, but there was one lady man she was into
0: it and I just enjoyed listening to her and she was well she uh, was just like she was this everything about it worked uh she was larger she was black Yes, and she just got into it. She's
1: like, uh, uh, "She's like, today is the day. Ha. You must make your decision.
0: Ha. The time yeah. is now." And people were making fun of. her. I'm like, "How can you, look? If you don't agree, that's fine. How can you make fun of this?" Yeah, that's it's the, fun. It, it's fun it, to it, listen. It's better to. than
1: all the other ones yeah. that were annoying.
0: I paid to see the Apostle twice in the theater. This right. is free. Yeah, and so, um, but anyway, so, uh, so okay, I walk up with my more than one lesson postcards. And I say, hello, how's it going? I just, I do my little voice thing (laughs) because that's what I do when I'm nervous. And so I'm like, hey, how's it going? So based on your sign here, I get the impression that you will enjoy this podcast. (laughs) Uh, I don't think I enjoy, I said enjoy. I think I said, I specifically said, you'd be interested in this podcast. right? And, And that was my end, is based on your sign here, it was just ridiculous. And so some people are like, oh yeah, all right, sure. Then there was one guy who, when I walked up to him, people were standing like, inches away from him like just really giving it to him and so again i don't necessarily feel bad for the guy but i can sort of understand and so he's he's like quoting scripture and all that and is just unfazed and 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 not at all interested in engaging with these people and that i think is a mistake uh but anyway so i walk up to him after everyone else has, has walked away uh and I say, hey, how's it going? Uh, based on your sign, you know, I start going in my thing. And he interrupts me to just, like, say more, uh, quote, more scripture, like, loudly. It's almost like he's looking through me, uh-huh. and which I found off-putting. Um, and I was like, uh, so there's this, I have this Christian podcast. It's about movies from a Christian side, And he just says more, he just keeps talking over me. And I was like, this guy, like, he, d-, admittedly, he probably is assuming that I'm just one more person. That's like just getting in his face. Yeah. And so, and so I try one more time. I'm like, I'm like, well, it's, it's a Christian pod. Like I really try to hit Christian. It is a Christian podcast that I host and he does it again. And then I go, man, I am not trying to trick you. (laughs) Christian podcast. You're welcome to listen to it. And he's like, Oh yeah. All right. And so he takes it, and I'm like, "Ugh!" Oh. And I just, <laughs> and so I walk away, and I walk to the other end of the convention center, uh-huh. and uh, and I give it, to, excuse me, and I give it. Uh, there's one like middle aged guy, and then a couple uh, like and young. And you gave g- it to him. Yeah. Well, okay, both I gave, barrels. Well, I just gave him the card. Oh, okay. But uh, but I walk up to him. And I said, I have this podcast. And, and he was very cordial, very friendly. He's like, he goes, you know, we're not actually against this stuff. Like, we, we don't, we're not against movies or comic books or anything. And I was like, I was outside of my head in that moment. Where it's just like, are you shitting me? You are not against this. Because here's the thing. Everyone thinks you're totally against this. Including you. Including me. And I'm giving him as much benefit of the doubt as is possible. Right. Okay. I was still upset, but like, it's just like, if you like, I'm trying to think like, okay, let's say you still want to go down and I've seen the yellow signs. I know I shouldn't say that. I've seen the yellow signs like outside angel stadium when I go see a game. Uh-huh. So like any, anywhere there's a large group of people, they will go. Yeah. And so, so I, and so I was just like, Oh, okay, well you might like this podcast then. So that, that that's all I said. Cause I was still in, you know, self-promotion mode. And, uh, but in my, in my head, I was just like, if you are on board with this, because everyone thinks you disapprove of everything about this, yeah. if you're on board with this, you, you need to find a way to convey that. You only have a few seconds as people are walking by. You have to find a way to convey it. Maybe on one side of your sign it says, Jesus loves you. On the other, it says, enjoy the con. Here's an idea. I had this idea earlier today. Dress up like characters yourselves. Mm-hmm. Show that you are at least aware of Captain America or Thor or She-Hulk I don't know why I came up with that one. And so, like, show that you're aware of these people and that you're not opposed to anything artistically that these people are doing. And, in fact, you have just as much enthusiasm for it as they do. But that you also are trying to get this message out. But it's just like, I was flabbergasted. I was completely taken aback. And I will be doing a more than one lesson episode about it. Uh, not a whole episode, a little mini-sode about it. Because it just fascinates me. It's just like, you know, you can have all the good intentions in the world. If the execution isn't there, then it, you might as well... You're actually hurting. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing... It's and not that you're doing... You're not doing no good. You're actually doing harm now. That's at least two years ago, when the Westboro Baptist Church showed up...
1: Yeah. They made signs that were specific to the con. It said things like, there are no heroes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> Which is like... Uh, okay, I heard a guy who is not with the yellow signs, and he was saying like he's like Superman will not save you, Jesus <laughs> will, and it's just like okay, well he's ta- he's you know tailoring it to <laughs> right. the whereas them saying like there are no heroes, that's like this really like that's almost existential. Like,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> doesn't it seem like something out of Born on the Fourth of July or something like that? <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, okay, so the other thing that I did because that was more than one lesson. On one side of the of the convention center. Everybody is crossing the street, and then they have to funnel into one small place, one little sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And it is not unusual for people with, like, various promotional postcards to stand next to that sidewalk and, you know, tout their wares. <laughs> sure. And so I've got a stack of Battleship retention postcards that I've been, I need to get rid of because they're the old logo. Like, we need to get new postcards. And so it's like, but I bought these damn postcards. I want to use them. So I positioned myself. Did I not tell you this? No. Oh, I'm excited for what you're about to hear.
2: Oh, man.
0: So I positioned myself, and I and there's some other people. I'm like, I haven't done this before. What do you say? He's like, you know, just let people know what you got. I'm like, oh, okay. And so I first was really sheepish, and then I went into full-on blockbuster rewards salesman mode because I first went, I said like, Movie podcast, Battleship Pretension, (laughs) movie podcast, just that. And then I moved into a thing that I've said before, which is like, Battleship Pretension, if you get the joke, you'll like the show. That brought a surprising number of people in. Uh And then I moved on to other things and just started listing people that have been on the show. Uh, Starting, of course, with Doug Jones and Marisa Marsh who i think would probably carry some water with these people uh-huh. and so and, and we're that, both there at the conference. yes sure. yes and uh and, and no so jones was i'm not sure if uh, Maurice saying. i think was as well and so that got some people as well and then i started really oh this is so great just going uh, crazy i'm just like do you enjoy my voice would you like to hear it for hours on end battleship pretension <laughs> okay and then how I. how long did you do this for like a half hour. Okay, because so, I saw you on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't tell me this. Yeah, it's and so and then I said like, it's a movie podcast. We're probably more right than you. Only one way to find out: Battleship <laughs> Retention, and just like playing up all that stuff. Oh, that and then I so had awesome. Then I had.
1: I so hope that someone who knew the show walked past and was like, ugh. I know. Looks like they've <laughs> fallen on hard times.
0: Please take this. <laughs> I'm desperate. Here's 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 the highlight of the day. Okay, because here's the thing. I that one guy who wasn't taking my more than one lesson postcard. I I didn't yell at him, but I raised my voice to let him know I was serious. Yeah. Like that happened over time. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like he pushed me to that. Uh huh. I jumped immediately to hostility when this person came up to me. Uh-huh. He comes up. This is not a video a video podcast at this moment I really wish it was cuz you need to see the impression I'm going to do of this man. He's like this. His eyes are kind of he's kind of Is student. he doing that thing with his he's hand? He's doing that thing with his hand. So
1: what he's got what, what Tyler's doing is he's he's, he's putting his his uh, on his right hand his index and middle finger pinched together with his thumb. With his thumb yeah. like he's like he's handing you your the the ticket
0: for your coat at a yes. coat check in a okay. very Fey way. Yeah, pinky up. Yes, and uh, ring finger up a little bit. Okay. and so he's just he's not holding anything. He just has it out there, and just it, it's snooty. It's a snooty kind of gesture. He comes up, and he says, "It's pronounced Potemkin." <laughs> <laughs> and I go, I, 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 I'm just like, yeah, that's the joke. Serious? And I'm sorry, I said seriously. That's okay. And he's like, he goes, "Oh, okay," and just walked away. And part of me is like, and I was like, "You should take." I-, I didn't say this, but in my head, I'm like, "You should tell him to take one of these." I'm like, "I don't want that asshole here." Are you literally so fucking dense that you think, okay, let's let's really map this out? <laughs> Admittedly, he probably wasn't thinking, but like, let's really map this out. You think that we know enough about Battleship Potemkin? to name our show after it, but we're a little fuzzy on the title. Right. Like you, you think we are that far off. Like it is, it boggles the mind. Yeah. And it's just, do you the, think he was joking? No. What if he's a listener and he that was joking? Would, you know what? Then uh, email me and <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll send you a button. We have buttons left <laughs> over. And so like, that would be great. But he didn't, you know what? That's some of the best acting I've ever seen. Cause he came up so snide and just was so, like, I don't know, just such an asshole about it. And I was just like, yeah. And just, I was, I, was, it, I wasn't I was yelling, but I was very loud in that moment. Because it's just like, it, this is vaguely embarrassing to be out here. And now you're calling me out on something that I'm, I don't need to be called out on. If you want to say, hey, you're a, a human joke being out here. I'd be like, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. But, like, it's pronounced... Potemkin. <laughs> he was like he was like two, he was like just one step away from actually saying a word saying a noise before Potemkin. It was I- Potemkin. Okay, <laughs> he was one step away from that, uh-huh. and it was just and I and I. Oh man, I thought I had told you that story. No, you didn't tell me you gave these uh, cards out at all. I so hope. That someone who knows us saw uh, saw or heard you? First off, I was very pleased with my salesmanship. I got rid of all those cards.
1: (laughs) Okay. And then how many on the walk to meet us
0: at the sushi place? How many did you see strewn
1: across the sidewalk? And I was looking,
0: (laughs) I was looking, I saw none. Oh, that's great. You know what? And here's why. When I was selling a blockbuster rewards, it stuck. (laughs) All right. I'm a hell of a salesman. Do you, do you enjoy the sound of my voice? Would you like to hear it for hours on end? Brilliant! It's pretty good. Self-deprecating. It's, good. it's the whole deal. Yeah, yeah. All I right. was I was somewhat. Don't get me wrong. I was ashamed of myself for a good portion, and then I became proud of myself. Um, so that was my Sunday, and then I and then I joined you for dinner.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I said I didn't do anything on Sunday, but I kind of did. I kind of had a nervous breakdown. And if you follow me on Twitter, you might have uh, been a party to that. And I am sorry <laughs> that happened. So, uh, but but I say that to say that I came away from this comic-con kind of frustrated and i think in retrospect it was mostly about my emotional state on sunday um and in doing this wrap-up i'm realizing that comic-con is awesome and i had an awesome time
0: and i can't wait to go again next year. you know it sounds like sounds like you gotta hang out with me more
1: yeah it sounds like it we gotta do we gotta
0: we gotta gotta double team these people exactly
1: oh that would be i wish i could have surreptitiously filmed you doing that and put it on the website. Are you embarrassed that I did this? No, I, are you kidding me? I think it's the awesomest thing. Do you I know, see but how much so, I'm
0: laughing? Yeah, but I, is it a mocking laugh? It no. sounds mocking. No, it is not mocking. Okay. I think it is so cool. One of us has to do it, and we all know who it's <laughs> going to be. Yeah, I can't do that. It's I am not be, good at pressing the flesh. It's, And that's the thing is, you know, it's uh, it's all about... And th- this one guy who is, you know, he was a nice enough guy, and he might be listening to this, so I apologize if uh, you don't like how I'm about to characterize you. And so... Um, cool. He came up. He's like, I get the joke. I was like, oh, great. Sounds to me like you'll like the show. And, uh, and he's like, he goes, I'll give it a listen. <laughs> I was like, okay, great. And he's like, I think I'll listen once. I was like, all right. That sounds great. M- uh, mission accomplished. <laughs> sounds, and listen, then I got
1: 149,999 <laughs> other people to, to sell to today.
0: And he kind of stuck around. And he was just like, he goes, yeah, I'll give you one. And I was just like, I still think these people are joking. <laughs> this guy was, you know what, he was a little older. Okay. I don't think he had a sense of irony. Yeah. And he was just like, by a little older, I mean he was probably like 56. I don't know why I said six. But anyway. He goes, he got. But, uh, and so like, and so I was like, oh, well, if you have going to listen to the one, then I feel like I should tell you which one to listen to. I was mostly joking. And he goes, no. I was like, all right, well, there's a lot of pressure on me. I hope the next one's good and uh (laughs) sorry sir i hope he's listening to this one because this has been great Um, and then my sunday i wound up just i had uh, lunch with uh, one of our listeners and so that was nice oh cool
1: um yeah i you know we're nerdy about movies and we talk about comic-con as a nerd thing but the best way to really get a sense of comic-con is to show up early for the panel you want to be at and sit through the second half of whatever panel was before Mm -hmm. and people are awesomely and again i don't want to sound like i'm mocking i think it's so cool people Mm -hmm. are super into things that i never would have thought of there was an entire panel before the save the date uh thing that was about authors who write fantasy that fantasy books that take place in modern day urban settings and the entire panel was about that and it was super cool. very specific yeah and then um, there's another one that I saw that was about the price of digital comics, mm-hmm. which I guess is a thing that is kind of contentious among people who buy comics online. Interesting. Because this turned, like, the Q&A in this was not the friendly Q&A you're used to. This shit got heated.
0: Interesting. And it was really cool. That sounds great. Although I was kind of in the middle of my nervous breakdown there. Well, um, and that would probably cause it. And you know what? I did want to <laughs> end on this. Because I stayed in San Diego a couple days later. Jen came down on the train and joined me. We went to the, the zoo the next day. We went to a museum the day after that. What uh, museum? Uh, we went to the Natural History Museum to go to a Titanic exhibit that they had oh, that Jen cool. specifically wanted to go to. It was really cool. interesting. Um, but uh, so Sunday night, I took the trolley to the train station to pick up Jen. And then we took the trolley back to our hotel. And we had to go by... The convention Center, right down Harbor Street, right, right down, down Harbor, Harbor yeah. Drive, Harbor Boulevard, whatever. And it was on is on the train tracks, Harbor, and so Harbor um, something. And it was about eight thirty, and p.m. It, uh, p.m. Yes, thank you. And so maybe it was nine, but like it was dark at that point, and it was strange. It was very strange because it was empty, it, it, empty, totally. Wow. You know, I mean, every day that I had been there, you know, morning, noon, and night, just full of people. And then just, just ghost town. Uh-huh. And then like I looked and saw just the convention center and there were some like, you know, some utility lights or something so that the janitors could clean stuff up, but there was just nobody in it. And it was just like, it was very, it was very surreal. And it just seemed like I, you know, I wasn't even really a part of Comic-Con and I felt this very strange kind of sadness that like. It's over, and there it is. Like this thing is just sort of a shell now. This thing that people look forward to all year long, and then they leave and go on with their lives. And this is what it is now. It it'll it'll probably be used the next week for some other convention. But it was a very it was very surreal and very very strange. Like I, and have- you wouldn't feel that
1: sort of. Um, I don't think you would feel that as deeply if Comic Con weren't as fun right. as it is. I mean, yes, it's big, and so there's certainly a contrast to it being full and then it being empty. Yeah. But that
0: feeling you're describing, I think comes from the part of the thing you're talking about, of people looking forward to yeah, it. There's all a, and there's a philosophy behind it mm-hmm. and there's a, and there's a camaraderie and then the idea that all these people, they come together for this thing and it's very fun and exciting and it's, and it's unifying and then everyone goes back to their lives and starts preparing for next year and starts pre- pretty much. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. On that note, uh, I think you can, uh, well, you can definitely check out our reviews um, and tell your friends to do so at Battleshippretension dot com. Um, there's reviews of theatrical releases and home video releases, as well as links to our, I guess, we're calling them sister podcasts. The other members of the BP fleet. Yes. Um, uh, what the fuck are you watching?
0: Our tour um, previously on. Previously on, I forgot about my own and, show. And there will be a, there will be another one that I don't think has been added yet. Okay. So um, we'll let you know when it is.
1: Uh, Yeah, so check those out. Also, there are series such as our our writer um, uh, Aaron Pinkston is doing an awesome series on the Studio Ghibli films called uh, Castles
0: in the Sky. Um, You, uh, You might notice that there is no review for The Dark Knight Rises on the website right now. Oh, right. We well, by are, the time you're
1: listening to this, there might be a thing.
0: There, yes. If you listen to this the day it goes up. Then, yeah, there's not... There won't be, and you might be wondering why that is. Uh, because we're next, too small potatoes for Warner Brothers. Absolutely. No question about that, and that's a... Horseshit! Oh, but, um... Look, look, I've been complaining that our readership isn't big enough, so we can't blame Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's true. Maybe we should uh, keep our cards, our cards uh, close to the vest on this one. But, um... <laughs> but, uh but in the next couple of days we will have something about, uh, the dark night rises that you can read, uh, yeah, that will involve thing. several bloggers, not just one. But and, and so,
1: and specifically not me and you, right? Because you and I, we're going to do our own thing. We'll be doing, we'll be having Pat Francis back. Like we did four years ago. Can you mm-hmm. do that four years ago? Um, I hope he has presents for us again. Oh, um, uh, when The Dark Knight came out, we did an episode with Pat Francis, completely devoted to The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. We did another one two years later with Pat Francis, completely devoted to Inception. We're doing it again. He's our he's our Nolan guy yeah. now to talk about The Dark Knight Rises. So that'll be up uh, in about a week. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah. While there is not it. a like pre-release review on our website, there will be. Mm, more Dark night coverage than you need yeah. uh, at Battleship dot You can email us at David at Battleship dot or Tyler at Battleship dot Follow me on Twitter at the Pretension. Follow Tyler on Twitter at More Lessons, which is the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at More Than One Lesson dot com. And my other podcast is previously on. It's a television uh, review and news show. Uh, that's at Previously On or just follow the link
0: on battleship dot com. Uh, anything else? Uh, keep an eye out, uh, in, in a day or two, uh, there will be a new more than one lesson about the Paul Haggis film Crash. Oh. With the companion film Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Oh, good companion film. Yes.
1: All right, so thanks everybody for listening.
0: And we'll get you next time.
1: Bye-bye. Bye.